everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Pioneer Podcast. I'm Tannen Grace. As always, I'm joined by Ross Miriam, but we got a very special guest for us here today, Mr. Todd Anderson. How you doing? Hello! That's the, that's the Mrs. Doubtfire, hello? Is Mrs. This is Doubtfire, yeah. Hello! Oh, how's it going? I haven't seen that movie in so long. It's when uh, it's when Robin Williams pies himself in the face because he doesn't have his face mask. Yeah, he's not wearing his and, makeup uh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And Pierce Brosnan is technically the bad guy, like in the movie. Oh yeah, he is. He's like the new stepdad or whatever. The yeah, yeah. He's yeah. He's the daddy trying to like butt out or whatever. Apparently, there were supposed to be like multiple sequels to that movie, and I think he just pieced out. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't want to do this again. Yeah, I'm sure it was a nightmare with all the makeup and the mask and everything. Because it was like yeah. a real mask. Like, he wore like a real mask and stuff, you know. Yeah, also, I'm sure movies where you have to play multiple characters are very difficult. You have to do so much extra work, you know, et cetera, et cetera, kind of stuff. So, anyway, uh, what have you been up to, Todd? How's your uh, how's your quarantine going? <laughs> My life is a nightmare, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's horrible. But has there been anything good? It could be a lot worse, right? Like, I get to right. basically hang out every single day with the love of my life, and all we do is work, play video games, and watch TV, and we order DoorDash, and that's it. We don't go anywhere. We don't see anyone. <laughs> I barely talk to anybody, and every single day is exactly the same. How is that lovely California weather, though? Uh, it was uh, I'm so jealous. 95 degrees all day yesterday, so we had a little, uh, not a grill out, but had like a little pool outside, like we have a little inflatable pool that we filled up. We hung out all day and drank beer, and it was great. It was a wonderful day. Nice. I'll say, I'm a, I'm a little jealous of the West Coast weather. That's the thing I think. That and the food, I think, is what I miss the most from living mm-hmm. in Vegas and stuff. So, I well, I don't know. I just like the fact Vegas that it could be... weather is not West Coast weather. Tim. It's close. Vegas weather is a nightmare from which you can only hope to escape. Uh, it's better than... Uh, I'll tell you this. I'll take Vegas weather over Baton Rouge weather any day. Yes, absolutely. If you've never lived in the South, Ross, you you do not understand what the humidity is like. I've, well, I've been in, you know, central and southern Florida. It, yeah, you get, you get an idea. Bad. The Okefenokee yeah. Swamp area in northern Florida is actually the worst feeling I've ever had when I was outside. And that probably is also because the gnats are just so aggressive. They just, like, fly into your <laughs> eyeballs. And I'm not even joking. They literally will buzz into your eyes. Like, like The cicadas here will just fly into anything. I had one. I was sitting on my porch one night, probably a couple of years ago. And a cicada came up and just rammed headfirst into the side of my apartment three times and then dropped dead out of the air. Dude, he is fucking mad. Yeah, natural dude, selection dude, at its he best. He's mad about it, man. They didn't, you know, they didn't, these pioneer bands kind of fired up. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't take it anymore. He's like, if I have to play against a murderer one more goddamn time. Yeah. But anyway, have so. Y'all uh, have y'all seen this fucking dictatorm card? Like, what the hell? <laughs> Ross, have you been up to anything? Um, I know you've been working a lot with the Hope Center and stuff. Yeah, you know, I do my, my non-magic stuff. That's still going, you know. Took some time to clean my apartment this weekend because my landlord came this morning, so that was nice. Now my apartment looks great. I like looking over your shoulder and seeing piles and piles of Magic Garden mess, and I'm like, this is clean? (laughs) That's the the final frontier. It's cluttered, but it's clean. Okay. All right, Ross, I heard that you stayed up till 5 in the morning playing NBA Live last weekend. Uh, It was closer to 7, but... (laughs) Okay. <laughs> I heard you also did not do a lot of winning. I, I remember I was up till like three or four of my time, and I just saw Anderson Leclerc posting about staying up till the the sunlight, playing NBA Live. 
Yeah, it's really funny for me because I'm seeing it in real time. You know, like I'm waking up for work and I'm seeing this text and he's like, yeah, we're just going to bed. I'm like, you yeah. God, I feel like I'm back in yeah, college. That was, a, that was a degenerate day. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Th- this last week was a lot more uh, adulty. I, d- I did responsible things. I feel good. I, you know how much water I've had today? I think I've, I've had like, you know, five glasses of water today. Now, you know, I average like two or three. But I'm at five, and I'm going to have another one during the podcast. And I'll probably have another one before I go to bed. It's going to what be are you, like, a fish? Yeah, basically. Do you know how refreshing just cold water is yes. on a hot day? You know how good cold water is without ice? Just like a glass of refrigerated water? It's heavenly, dude. You know, that's yeah, actually... That's what I have. That's actually that's a big... That's what this is, Todd. It's actually a big life hack. If in the mornings you you need like a cup of coffee or something to get you going, like waking you up or whatever, uh, just drink cold water for like ten seconds to start your day, and just watch how different your day is every, every day for a week. It's also like really good for your body. It's really good for your skin. I mean, there's so many. Like all I drink is water. So I'm just I, when people are like, "Yeah, I drink so much water today," I'm like, give them the look. You know, I'm like, "Come on, you should be doing that." My every dad day. has been telling me about how good right water now, is for like twenty five years. Dude. <laughs> this anecdote is bad. What's bad now? This anecdote about cold water. No, this one's fine. This is classic Pioneer podcast. Oh, I, you know, random tangents. I've heard. Y'all keep <laughs> looking once, looser out here, baby. Yeah, we have something. We once had a five-minute conversation about belts. I heard it was really popular too. You re- people really enjoyed the belt talk. Yeah, I had multiple people like message me. They're like, "What is this belt you were talking about?" And I had to like yeah. find the the company and stuff. Were we ta- were the we only talking belt about I remember belts? is. Is my daddy's belt? Yeah, I know, right? Wait, were we talking about grip six belts? The the, the belts that don't have uh like they don't have like the the whole system, you know, where you put the yeah, little grip, the grip, bar. Grip six has has yeah. a different system. I don't know exactly what it's called. It's amazing. I think they they fit and better. I, like, yeah, I was talking about the nice leather belt I just bought, uh, had just bought from Beckett Seminon. Yeah. So Scooter brings up a good point. V8 Energy is not water, and I did just finish polishing off one. I have at least one every day. V8. I've been texting. I've been calling, I've been emailing, I haven't heard back. Anybody listen to the show, if you want to help a brother out, just start sending them, you know, some stuff, tag some stuff on, you know, keep tagging me, keep tagging them. Look, we'll wear I've them down t- eventually. I've tweeted at Red Bull multiple times that the only thing they have to do to get me to plug them is give me Red Bull for life. They don't have to yeah. pay me a single dollar, yeah. but if they just supply me with a lifetime supply of Red Bull, hell, I'll take just like a case a month or whatever. Case a month for the rest of my life and I will plug you every day. The only time I've seen it work with a big company, uh, when I was in Hearthstone, one of my one of my friends was uh, kind of jokingly doing it with Fiji, and I and we emailed Fiji, and they actually responded. Like we actually got correspondence back. It ended up not working out, but it was I was like, wow, we actually got a response from Fiji. So uh, that was pretty cool. But um, speak to Teferi says they'd rather have us talk about water than Pioneer any day. Uh, I mean, so that's we're, fair. We're plus one in the water. We're, the yeah, let's, re- let's rebrand to the water podcast. I just want to say the water, <laughs> the H2O podcast. Yeah. Oh, God. H2O. Right. Look, look at the way that we have the screen oriented. It's literally like a water molecule because the, the water molecule is, is actually bent into this kind of shape. You fucking dork. <laughs> you, you nerd. Big. We we do have the problem Dweeb. where the outside molecules, which should be smaller because they're hydrogen, are larger. Because All right, what about tannins. the what about the picture of tannin piggy give it, piggybacking on you? Right, is that like a different type of molecule shape? You nerd. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe if you look at the way his arms are oriented. Okay. That that's right. kind of a bent a bent shape. It has been 
16 years since I have thought about molecular structure. Things. Yeah. It's been close to that for me too. I I took two semesters of chemistry in college and they were the first they were both freshman year, so 0607. Nice. So th- 13 and a half years. Well, and have you ever done like actually done an equation in the last 13 years? Mm. Like has it been necessary? A, like a, for your a life chemical at equation? All? Um, uh, man. actually, they should teach me how to manage bills in, in fucking it, college. It, it actually helps with cleaning. Like I, I can tell when certain like common cleaning methods aren't going to work. Oh, sure, just basically sure, remembering, sure. you know, like dissolves like, so w- which compounds are polar and which are nonpolar. Yeah, that's the one. That's don't that's accidentally thing. make chlorine gas, which you can do with household yeah, products and, in a very dangerous way. Be careful. Yeah, if you mix a, ammonia and bleach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not good. So yeah, I, I know things like that. All right. One of my one of my friends is a chemistry professor now at Penn State. Yeah, so he's the one guy who found a found a use yeah. for. I went to his his PhD thesis defense, and it was <laughs> unintelligible. Yeah, it's it was just like nonsense. watching somebody talk about magic for an hour. Yeah, you know, my parents are like, "Hey, what do you you know? Can give me a link to the things you do?" And I'm just like, "Okay, but it's stupid. And you're not gonna like it. Like it's <laughs> it is my nonsense." Mom watches my mom sometimes watches your stream actually. Because she watches my stream frequently and watches the podcast. But she, I talked to her a couple times in the last week because her birthday was actually uh, yesterday. Oh, happy so birthday, Happy Ross birthday Mom. again, Mom. Yeah. Happy um, birthday, Mama Miriam. Yeah. And uh, so, and she, she told me, I think when we talked on Thursday, that she sometimes watches your stream too. Aw. She has no idea how magic works. Doesn't understand it at all. That's why I've been playing Warzone lately. She's yeah, going to be really I think She's probably confused. watched you play Warzone, <laughs> which is similarly confusing for her, yeah. but... I mean, at least it, it makes sense. It's just like, hey, there's the bad guys. Got to go chase shoot them. Yeah. The yeah. It's like every it's like every shoot a movie you've ever seen in your life. But like magic, you have no base knowledge for. So you have no like my mom says she, you know, she likes all my stuff on Facebook or whatever. And she's like, yeah, I watched your video. I don't know what it means, but you looked good. And you sounded all right. You know, like you sounded good. And I was like, thanks. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> Keep smashing that like button. <laughs> Follow and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe get on that Patreon. Uh... <laughs> Oh, God. All right, anyway. Your mom is part of the original Patreon that is paying for your cell phone. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, you know what? Um, I think we actually just recently got rid of it. We had the family plan that we were grandfathered in from, like, oh, yeah. you know, 15 or 20 years ago. And they would yeah. always, like, every time you would have a problem with your phone, you'd go yeah, in and be like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, they're like, they'd look at you and be like, oh, you have this plan. Do you want to switch to this other one? And we're like, No. Yep. It's it's always worse. Just no. It's like, <laughs> I, would, I would love to keep my one hundred dollars a month for four people to have yeah. infinite gigabytes of downloads. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was like a hundred bucks for like four people, and we just got yeah. everything. Yeah. 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 Unlimited texting stuff. So, um, did anything happen to Magic today? Was there like an announcement? Since we've had announcements of announcements of announcements a lot lately, but did we actually I, have? I wrote an article. Does that count? Yes, that does count. Um. But for the, for the basis of what we're going to be talking about on the show and what the ranting is that's going to go on, the, uh, the the ban announcement happened today. Well, for the other formats, we had an unban announcement today for Pioneer, and uh, it's 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 caused people people to feel things. I think is a is a way to put this here. Just look at look at Todd right now. I think he's like he's like the kettle just getting ready to explode. You know, he's boiling up. He's ready to go. Um, oh man. So, do we even want to talk about what happened in like some of the other formats? I do. I will say this: I am happy yeah, that Astrolabe. I'm happy that Astrolabe was banned in Modern. I'm very happy about that. Uh, it should also be gone in Legacy. But I will say this: I'm glad they unbanned Beta Basics. 
and unhinged basics and that you could play the basics that you want to play now i knew you were gonna say that man dude i have got beta basics i want to use those things i'm I'm also extremely (laughs) happy i like um you know if you want to play a dead of winter and you want to play snowlands for that if you want to play ice fang coaddle play snowlands for that that's fine that's a great reason to play snowlands but the fact that arkham's astrolabe was in the format and like most decks could and should just play it because it's perfect mana fixing. You get to fetch up snow basics and it has almost no downside. Like it was extremely too good and effectively banned basic lands. And now with with them banning it, like there's very there are much many fewer reasons to play snow lands for sure. I will say this, that being the only card banned for modern was a little surprising. You know, kind of the press that a lot of people were talking about. Uh, I know Uro was discussed. Uh, Sanctuary was also discussed as cards that are just like probably a little bit too powerful or easy, you know, to, to do these kinds of things. But modern is already in OK shape, so you don't didn't need to take drastic action in that format. I haven't heard like any, any complaints about modern right. specifically in the last while. But I think that's mostly because people just haven't really been playing a whole lot of Magic Online in general, you know? That is certainly true, but they have been playing some Modern. Yeah, a lot of people have been saying that Modern is in probably one of its like, healthiest and best states that it's been in in quite a while. But I do seem, when I look at it, that most of the decks are like homogenized. You know, it just seems like you're, you're starting with the same basic 40-ish cards. You know, and then it's you kinda... also complete nonsense that these decks got to play Cryptic Command, Archmage's Charm, four Field of Ruin, and almost never take more than like three damage from their lands in a game. Yeah, also your your your, your deck is casting those cards that have triple blue in it. They're also casting like Supreme Verdict. They're also casting uh, Uro from the Graver, which is double green. And then if you're a multicolor deck, they're blood mooning you. Yeah. And it's like, get, get out of here. Blood moon decks are just like. What the hell, man? Get the fuck out of here with <laughs> yeah, that yeah. nonsense. Yeah, and it, it was so it, easy. It fundamentally broke the tension that is non-basic lands in modern. Right. And that tension is one of the central tenets of the format. Yeah, so it makes like land burn land bases. Good, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Like burn got so much worse in the last month. I think it's one of the big winners. It's actually sneak preview. One of the decks we're playing tomorrow on versus live when we discuss winners in modern from this ban announcement. Uh, and burn is one of them. So... It just it just completely breaks that tension, which I think is central to the modern format. But you want those blue decks to still be around. I think those de- those decks existing is good for the format, but there needs to be more tension in their mana bases. Their burn matchup can't be that good, things like that. So, And I think we're going to get there because I don't think those decks are going to go away completely, uh, but they'll be sufficiently, um, you know, nerfed. I, I don't like the word nerf, by the way. Why do When did that... Um, because what is the etymology of that term? Uh, like Nerf footballs, they're squishy or whatever. They don't hurt. So like yeah, they're soft. If, if you turn like a real football into a Nerf football, it makes it less painful. But or that's not a or thing that you can do. Um, I, you know, I don't r- really know, dude. How about just let it go? Someone said it once. Just and it's transmogrifying stuck. a football into a Nerf ball. Well, the mm-hmm. fuck. I'm gonna go with. Uh, have you ever heard the term poggers? Pog chant? Um, yeah, where did that start? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Someone said it once and it just stuck. But yeah, I was, I, I gotta agree with you. And I was looking at modern and I saw that Asherlev got got banned. The the thing that I was like, man, you know what really feels good now? One twos for one red. I feel like that got really, really better in the format. So we'll, we'll have to see there. Um, oh, I actually think that that got worse because that uh, prowess and burn always sort of exist in an equilibrium with each other. And we're going to be moving towards a metagame where burn is better than prowess. Whereas before, because people were interacting more and not taking as much damage from their lands, uh, you needed the resilience of prowess and the card advantage of Bedlam Reveler to compete. 
that, that deck was also very good at answering Ice Fang Quaddle with Gut Shot and Lava Dart. Lava Dart. And Quaddle is going to decrease. So, relative, like, the two all, it, it always just depends which one is better than the other. And we were in a metagame where Prowess is better, but we're going to be moving to a metagame where Burn is better. Sure. Uh, a couple other things that happened today. Popper had two bannings, uh, cards that probably should have been gone for a while or whatever. It's Expedition Map and Mystic Sanctuary. We don't have to talk too much about this, but these are two cards that. Uh, you know, Expedition Map allowing Tron to just be super consistent in uh, Popper doesn't seem right to me, I think is the right way to put it. You know, it doesn't seem like within the overall goal of that format, if that makes sense. You know, and like that was probably the best deck or one of the best decks in the format for I, years, you know, years and years. I mean, I was playing uh, Popper a lot when the blue decks were really good, when they made the mistake of letting Gush and Foil be legal at the same time. Which was, I was like, how does this ever an actual thing? Like, you just give people force of will and stuff like that. But Mystic Sanctuary also seems just way too busted. But I was going to say, uh, a format that actually kind of matters a little bit more and that we've seen pushed really, really hard lately is Historic. I personally haven't played a lot of it, but I've been hearing a lot of really great stuff. Man, Historic got shook up today. Uh, yeah, we got full. Cards. Yeah, full bans on Agent of Treachery, Wynoda, Fires of Invention, and Nexus of Fate, the one that. I 100% was... Bitch, bye! Yeah, that one had to go. <laughs> that one had to go. And then we've got a suspension on Burning Tree Emissary, because if you've been keeping up a little bit, Gruul's also just a very, very good deck in the format, and it's been putting up some good results, and so they're going to try that out for a little while. So, good stuff for Historic. I don't know if y'all have any kind of comments on what's going on there. I know we all don't play it a ton, but these all seem like cards that needed to go, because when I would look at the format and see the decks that people were playing, there weren't too many different ones. It seemed like it was these decks right here. Like, all these cards. Uh, Field of the Dead still being a thing is kind of weird. Maybe that'll be the next thing that kind of happens there, and we'll see. Yeah, that's fucking nonsense. Yeah, yeah we'll see. That's, that's it, yeah. Also, just, like, whose idea was it to just put Burning Tree Emissary into that format? When does Burning Tree Emissary <laughs> lead to good gameplay? I'm going to say this, and we've, we've talked about this on the show before. They messed up Historic, right? So, if you take Historic and you take Pioneer, and you look at their kind of, uh, like, their, their tree of how they've worked into Magic... Originally, Historic for, you know, the first couple of months, especially when Pioneer was a thing, was a literal joke. Like, Historic was an actual joke. Uh, I, mean, I remember Jeff Hoogland tweeting, like, at least once a week at them, like, hey, support for Historic win. You know, you announce this format, and then literally nothing has happened with it. And then Pioneer had a bunch of bunch of stuff behind it. Now, with COVID-19 happening and the quarantine happening, there's no paper magic. And they need a second format for the, uh, almost said Pro Tours, for the Players Tours. They've made Historic an actual relevant format out of necessity for having a second format that's available on the only client they deem reliable, which yeah. is Arena, and which is also a joke. And mitigating uh, people's, like, disdain for card rotations, too, you know? Right, right. And, I mean, that, that's what Historic was supposed to do anyway, but it was never meant to be a real competitive format. Exactly. Right? You, you cannot tell me that when they were making when they were making this, uh, what's what's it called? Double whatever? Not Double Masters. Uh, what's the new set that's coming out with, like, 400? Jumpstart? Jumpstart. When they were making Jumpstart, when they were like designing all of this stuff, they did not have in mind that this was going to be a like a real competitive format. You know, something that you know the the pros were going to oh, get their yeah, hands that's on. Why they were going to put everything from Jumpstart into into Historic, just because Historic was just going to be everything that's on Arena. A shit show. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that's on Arena, and it was going to be like, hey, here's something you can still do. Right. And now it's like, okay, well, we need people want this to be competitive. And so we can't like fucking have lightning bolt in there or whatever. It, it's so. not that people want it to be competitive. It's that Watsi needs a second high level competitive format that is online, on that arena. is on arena. No, and because and of I, COVID. 
And I think it's just going to take too long to program Pioneer, which is honestly not to segue, but one of the reasons why I think the band today was so fucking lackluster. And you, you actually said something on your stream earlier when you were streaming Warzone that I actually was said out loud as well today that do you think they're going to be doing this to make an excuse of, well, we're not going to put Pioneer on Arena anymore. We had that plan originally, and now we're just not going to do it because we because we have historic and it, it's uh, successful. Because there's, there wasn't enough support for Pioneer, and so we decided not to go through with uh, <laughs> implementing it onto Arena because it was just going to cost too many man hours. And with and as you can see here, the data clearly shows that people just aren't really interested in playing Pioneer on Magic Online. And this is what really pisses me off because when can, you see the uh, announcement, can you do that voice for the rest yeah. of the show? When you uh, see absolutely. the announcement, when you see the announcement from today, right? And you, you see, yeah, they banned a bunch of cards from Historic, right? And they made this huge, like, practical article, right, about why these cards are banned or why these cards are suspended, right? And then you look at the Pioneer one, they give you a fucking throwaway paragraph, right? They give you almost nothing. And they cite numbers from Magic Online. They're like, oh, yeah, the numbers that we have and all this info that we have doesn't warrant us doing anything. And then you're going to literally turn around a couple months from now, most likely, and be like, well, no one's interested in it. So I'm like, so you're telling me your sample size was extremely small. And you made drastic ideas and changes because of it. Like, like something doesn't add up. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. And it pisses me off. Because Pioneer is an amazing format. decisions are made with any sort of holistic goal in mind. It's all minor short-term decisions. It's like they're taking a fucking random walk through yeah. a goddamn minefield. And it's like, what are the odds we hit a mine? I don't know. It, it also you you know these you know the guys it, guys guys can I can I pause you right there for a second okay I just wanna I just wanna uh, expand upon a previous point you just made because you don't have to hear, keep doing the voice we here wizard we here wizards of the coast we we are very into the data that comes from Magic Online okay and right now we got seventeen players currently playing in the Pioneer League and those seventeen players only one of them is playing Demir Inverter okay and so it's not really a problem anymore. <laughs> It clearly what, fixed what percent itself. are they? What's the win rate of that inverter player? Oh, and he's only like a fifty-one percent. It's fine. Uh, you needed to say forty-nine. Oh, I was gonna, I but that was up. the old meme, buddy. <laughs> old memes, old memes don't hurt. Jesus Christ, <laughs> I can't keep that up. It's horrible. Yeah, it's gonna hurt your throat if you keep doing that. You're gonna be. That's dying. our other special guest, Bert Jansen from Wizards of the Coast, <laughs> 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 giving us that inside info. Sod Tanderson. We appreciate you being here, Bert. Just call him Sod you Tanderson. Be away from your wife and family okay so what we're gonna actually talk about a little bit here was the change that did actually happen in pioneer today and it's not what you know a lot of people thought there was no actual ban in pioneer today there was an unban uh it wasn't even oh, a good unban well hey Rod, Todd, the funny part is you're directly responsible for this ban originally. Oh, fuck <laughs> you. I was calling for Nykthos to be banned instead. Yeah, of course. I, I was playing the quad Nykthos generating... Ross, you remember the PTQ on Sunday of the Invitational in November? You came yep. over and watched my first round of the PTQ where I fucking dumpstered somebody by making 15 mana on turn three both games. Do you remember that? Yes. And I just like made a 10-10 walking ballista or whatever on turn four. And you just looked at me like, is that what your deck does every time? And my response was, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was because of like Burning Tree and Nykthos, right? And this was like after they'd already banned Leyline of Abundance and Oath of Nyssa. And I was just like, you didn't do anything. You didn't do anything to fix this. Yeah. <sighs> I remember oh I, when they literally, when they announced Pioneer, 
I played a Simic Devotion deck on Versus that week, and uh, yeah, Dulce Report says in my chat, I made like a 24-24 Hydroid Crisis on turn three or four in one of the games that we played. Yeah, yeah I remember uh, that. Th yeah. Those decks were nutty. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It's just interesting that they chose to only unban a card. So we kind of alluded to it. We didn't have officially said it. They unbanned Oath of Nyssa today. And if you listen to last week's uh, show, we actually said this was one of the possibilities that would happen this week. But we also said that that would be behind, you know, possibly banning something from Demir Inverter. You know, possibly banning something from one of the other decks. Yeah. So the, there, there's two aspects of, of this decision that we really need to cover. One is, you know, what the fuck were they thinking not banning a card from Inverter? And two is, what are the possibilities now that we have Oath of Nyssa in the format? So, wh which one do we want to cover first? Can we do the, the elf in the room, please? Which is? Can we just talk about how fucking stupid it is for them not to ban anything from Inverter for okay, six the first months? One. Perfect. For fucking six straight months. Yeah. So, first thing, Todd, which camp are you in? Are you in the dig camp or the Inverter camp? Or the uh, both okay. camp, I guess. Uh, I, Maybe you're that th fucking mad. Three, three months ago, I was in the ban dig through time and just let the deck survive and play Treasure Cruise because Treasure Cruise is significantly worse for the combo aspect. And uh, it, it makes the gameplay games go a little bit longer. Sometimes they flood a little more. But dig through time lets them hit their combo on time while enabling Inverter itself. It's just so fucking egregious. It's just, yeah, and it's yeah. been banned. It's literally the ideal dig through time deck. Right. It is the perfect dig through time deck, and it would still be one of the most perfect treasure cruise decks, also. And that, but it would significantly lower the power level. And maybe at some point in the future, you end up having to ban treasure cruise too. I don't know. Lately, though, it's just the more that they leave it there, the more that I want to burn the building down, dude. <laughs> just like, what are you doing? You're just, you're just literally letting people splinter twin folks. In Pioneer, it's literally just Splinter Twin, man. And anyone who plays with the deck who has played with Splinter Twin before understands that. And I don't understand why they think that, like, Felidar Sahili is too good. <laughs> but Demir Inverter yeah. is just like, ah, oh, it's just fine. It's, it's fine. Ma it's magic online data, Todd. Yeah. Didn't you listen to Bert when he was here? Hmm. That, that fucking guy. I'm glad you got him off the show, man. I can't stand that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, so uh, I would say that the deck is actually pretty dissimilar to twin in key aspects. The, the idea that it's like a false tempo deck is where it's really similar, but I actually think twin is much more rewarding to both play with and play against, in particular to play against. Ross, do, do you remember when we played uh, with and against Splinter Twin on Versus Live a few times to like see if it was okay to unban? And even the games where like I won or lost, it was just never fun. And I think that that's just it would. It's just this. That's the thing, man. It's like there's literally no I don't reason think they to weren't it. fun. They like they can get annoying over time, but Twin plays some fun games. Twin does play some fun games. Inverter also plays some fun games, but for every three fun, N not games, for the opponent. Sure, it's almost never fun for the opponent. No matter no matter if you're winning or losing, because you're well, always there's a key, under there's that a key reason why. It's because the combo itself is much more interactive. Uh, there are many more interaction points for the twin combo itself than there are for the inverter combo. Oh, 100%. Like, that, that combo is so annoying because it's so unbelievably difficult to interact with. And Thassa's Oracle specifically, like, sometimes you can't even fucking kill it in response to the trigger yeah. to, to stop from losing the game. It's just fucking nonsense. Yeah, and, like, if you if you try to just stop all the triggers from happening, you just give their Demir control deck four four-mana 6-6 six, six flying tramplers. That's fine. You know, they'll just kill you with those. 
if you, you know, if you try to overload on counter spells and just stop them from ever resolving, you're playing against a, a deck with a bunch of card advantage, dig through time, and like six discard spells between yeah. Thought Season, Thought Erasure, hey, com- hey, and their own deck. disputes. Hey, counter spell deck, let me, let me end up turning this dig through time. You want to fight? You want to fight over it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Untap. Uh, thought untap sees thought you. Sees you. Cast yeah. Jace. You're dead. Draw a card engine for the rest yeah. of the game. It- <laughs> like, you know, Splinter Twin actually had a bad matchup against Jund back in the day because they had a bunch of good interaction and Tarmogoyf that was hard for them to deal with. You know, that just like doesn't that just doesn't happen with Inverter, even though the combo is much less robust. Like, I, I don't think Inverter, you know, you haven't seen Inverter in Modern for that reason. Um, the Twin combo is a lot more robust and plays well. with And because you know, different the deck is just cards, naturally but. weak to red decks. Like, like, I played a lot of Eidolon the Great Revel and Pioneer during, like, uh, the early this year and at the end of last, or sorry, at the, at, during, at the beginning of this year, I played a shitload of mono red, low to the ground, Eidolon. My win percentage against Inverter was somewhere in like 80-something percent. But in order to hit that percentile, you have to make a lot of sacrifices against every other matchup, including decks with Euro and yada yada, you know? Yeah. And and the problem- and if the Inverter deck wanted to beat you, they could adjust. Right. They could just play more Brutalities yeah. and, and, you know, different good cards like that like inverters at various times been a dog to certain other decks like i think it was a dog to breach for a little bit it was a dog to mono white for a couple weeks you know it's been a dog to aggro decks like you said but it can adjust to any threat and beat them and now that it has eliminate like i think gideon is kind of a joke <laughs> yeah, yeah. so bad it was not that good to begin with and now it's just yeah. straight horrible dude <laughs> Yeah, once even even once they had Ashiok and Downfall, it wasn't that good. Now they just have Eliminate too. It's like get the fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah, now so, it's like Gideon's intervention or bust. Nice deck, nice mono. Yeah, you're just deck. not gonna have a you're not gonna have a meta game where in, Inverter is not the best deck at for at least half of the time. You know, on any given weekend, they might be unprepared for a certain matchup. You exploit their that weakness for a weekend, and then they adjust again. So yeah. you only get them for one weekend at a time. Look, man, I'm just going to say this. I don't give a shit if it has the worst win percentage in the in the format. Um, it's not a fun play experience. And I think that that's honestly the thing that I want to talk about the most is that playing against a combo deck or a fair deck with a combo finish in every single round of every competitive event you play is not fun. And I do and there's a there's a huge <clears throat> correlation in the drop-off of popularity in Pioneer with the addition of Theros Beyond Death, which added Heliod Ballista Combo, uh, Underworld Breach to Lotus Field Combo, and Thassa's Oracle for Demir Inverter. And Uro for the Sultai deck. Yeah, I mean, Uro's like a whole different thing, and that's like a graveyard-enabling mid-range deck, and I honestly, I played with and against the Sultai decks that like Joel Larson used to to win one of the the players championships or whatever the fuck their nomenclature is now. Um, and like that deck was fun to play with and against. I very much enjoyed most of my games against that deck. Euro specifically kind of a nightmare, probably way too good, but like the games were fun. You know, we, we played magic instead of playing magic up until a point where I fucking die out of nowhere. <laughs> You're like, this is fun. This is an interesting game. Oh, it's over. Right. Yeah. And the same shit happens, with, not just with Demir Inverter, but with Heliod Ballista. And sometimes with Lotus Field, it's like, okay, discard, discard, counterspell, pressure. And it's like, oh, I ripped Underworld Breach off the top. You're dead. Fucking <laughs> 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 yeah, great, Because dude. none of your interaction could ever take yeah. my land away. Nice. And I drew a Lotus uh, Breach Yogg-Moss or a Lotus will, Field. Baby. Let's so. go. They just made a two-mana Yawgmoth's Will, and they think that that's fine. They have no fucking idea what they're doing, and it makes me so mad. Yeah, it's it's it blows my mind, right? When we think about like kind of going down what Taja said, it blows my mind that 
we see our albums and look, we're not always right, right? You know, like the the player based, you know, Twitter, Magic Twitter, you know, the sky is falling kind of stuff. But we're often right. We're more often right than than wrong. I mean, like think about this: when the Sahili Rai Feldar Guardian combo happened, what it took it took Twitter thirty minutes to find it when it got when it got previewed, and they yeah, were like, minutes. oh sh- oh shit, we didn't see that. Yeah, and instead of banning it immediately, they let it ruin standard for two months. They, yeah, they won, and, it won and then they announced a, a ban where they let it stay, and then a bunch of people were like, "Oh, they didn't ban it." Bought into the deck, and then they emergency banned it three days later. It was ridiculous. <laughs> do you think that's? Do you think that possibly happens here? There's some people saying that this is probably going to happen here because of just like the immense pu- public outcry of like, "You should no, dude, do something." Here it comes. Here's what they're going to do. They're going to announce an announcement on Monday that the next Monday <laughs> they're going to have another pie. They're going to take a look at the results pioneer. <laughs> the problem is what results like your if format no, dead. No has been good at, format, it's dude. at responding to public outrage. Yeah, <laughs> they do that very well and they do it swiftly. So I wouldn't be surprised. But the, the thing that gets me and I, I think uh, before I get into that, I want to echo your point, Tannen, because I thought it, it was a good one. And because I remember, you know, the joke is that during preview or for many years, the joke was that during preview season, you know, there would be one or two cards that were just way overhyped. It was like the Scob Ruminator or the Aurelius Fury of the set. Like those kinds of cards that, you know, were preview pre-ordering for like 30 bucks a piece and were just bulk rares uh, and unplayable. It seems like in the last two years, there's been a lot more of the community looking at previews and cards coming up and then immediately being like, that card is fucking busted. And I, I think it sort of started with Wilderness Reclamation, which got previewed <clears> during <throat> an episode of Versus Live. Yeah. And our director read it off to us <laughs> on the air. And Todd just immediately, like, eyes bug out, looks at me. He was like, what are they thinking? And, my, and you know, it doesn't read, like, incredibly splashy. So I didn't have the immediate impact Todd did. But then I thought, like, so it doubles your mana. That's yeah. really good. And it's free. And normally it's enchantments free. like that. You know, usually just do nothing. Like, yeah. they cost four and do nothing immediately. Then the next turn, you start getting a return on your investment. Kind of like Bounty of the Luxa kind of cards, mm-hmm. which were, like, fringe playable but not very good. But this one literally just untaps them immediately, so it's basically free. And then starts doubling your mana every turn after that. And I'm just like, yeah, that's fucked up. That's yeah. not okay. Do you, do you remember, like, all the Just Guy decks in that standard where they all played, like, four expansion explosion because it was just outrageously good in most situations? And then, like... They just made a card that doubled your mana, <laughs> and they're just, and it was obviously a mistake. It had nothing to do with any clan from like from Ravnica, man. And it was just wild. It was just like okay, here's the the wilderness is reclaiming this lost land or whatever. I do want to make I do want to make another comment in this about like another yeah. mistake they made here to kind of double down all these mistakes is what the fuck is growth spiral? Like if that card just didn't exist. Like I think, I, I think that deck would be uh, much more manageable and things things along these lines. Like that card is messed up. I remember seeing it for the first time and being like, "Oh, well, you know, it's not exactly rampant growth because you don't always get a land." And, I, and I, was, I started thinking, "I'm like, no, this card is just busted. Like this card is just absolutely busted." I'm gonna just disagree on this. I I, I don't want to to like step on your toes too much. No, anything, sure. But like, but I, I just think that the card growth spiral is literally just enabling the mistakes. 
Like, you can ban Gross Brawl because it shows up in every deck in Standard or whatever. But yeah, how is that not a problem, though? If it's a card uh, that makes the b busted the cards more were, busted. Because if the colors were balanced, then you wouldn't need to play green yeah. blue in every deck. The the fact that Bant gets to play just so many powerful Planeswalkers and interactive spells and Elspeth Conquers Death, and then you have, like, Team of Reclamation that gets to just... All, like, that. those decks, the only thing they care about is, is ramping. Gross Pile mm -hmm. into powerful shit. And no other deck can exist because their tools after casting Gross Spiral are too good. Last year, Team of Reclamation that I built last year, right, when it first came out, was bad. It was actively a bad deck in a format that had 10 great decks, including decks that had Teferi, Here of Dominaria, and, like, Esper Midrange decks that, like, BBD was playing and stuff. And I got annihilated in, like, all those tournaments that I played in because... Gross Brawl into Wilderness Reclamation was, like, sometimes not good enough because people were just aggressive enough. But aggro decks just don't fucking exist because they're j there's just, like, no jackal pups or whatever. Like, there's no payoffs, you know? And, like, all these band decks just have the best payoffs, and Gross Brawl allows you to ramp in such a way where you can get to those faster than your opponents if they're not playing it or they don't draw it. But, like, Gross Brawl itself is not the problem. It's stuff like Nisu Shakes the World, Hydroid Crisis, just these really power... Euro, these cards are just super pushed. And they just box everything else out. Yeah, it's not even any of them individually. It's having such a high density of them. So that your deck is just so filled with them. Because all of these decks just have so many powerful cards. So many cards that snowball and keep generating cascading card advantage. That now, they just never run out of stuff to do. It reminds me of the old collected company decks at the end of that time in yes. standard, like Tireless Tracker Absolutely. and everything. Like you just literally never ran out of gas. So the games take forever because nobody ever runs out of, of cards or things to do with their, their mana. And these decks just start playing more and more lands because they realize, well, the only way I lose is if I just stumble early. So they've got they go from twenty six lands to twenty seven to twenty eight. Now they're playing twenty nine. Yeah, and, Brad, and with tri Brad's with like y'all should play, be playing thirty. Like Brad's like y'all should be yeah. playing thirty lands in your green decks and, because you just never miss. And the, so so they never they never flood because like two of their cards is good enough to win a game because they generate so much card advantage that at least like get you to another one. And they're never screwed because they play a million fucking lands. Meanwhile, and the, the aggro decks... And the ramp spells are still fine late because they still cycle or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because they can't drip, so you, you you never have that ramp problem, you know, that where you draw the, the ramp spells late. That's a good point. Meanwhile, the aggro decks, they, they do have some good payoffs. Like, Torbrin and Embercleave are really powerful. I agree But you've got to put fucking Tin Street Dodge in your deck. Yeah, nice so one-drops, dude. Are you kidding me? Give me a Fire yeah. Drinker Seder. Reprint Jackal Pup. Give me anything, dude. And you and your hoser doesn't kill anything relevant. <laughs> Fry just like they made Oko Oro and Fry. It's just the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen. Uh, like, man, just every... make Fry deal six damage. Yeah. Or did you know that they purposely designed Oko to dodge Fry? They were like, Fry is too good. They admitted we need it. Oko no, they, to answer they, it. They straight up admitted it in one of their their like uh, video uh, Twitch things. They were just like, yeah. Well, we made it took up to six because we thought you know killing it with a two mana Fry would be like a kind of a bummer for like the like one of our marquee cards in the set. But but Noxious Grasp exists. Yeah. And, but yeah, the yeah. the other green color the other color hoser gets to kill it for two mana and gain a life. Yeah. So, like, Gust and Grass are great. Devout Decree kills anything. Red is the only one that's limited in what it can do against the colors. Yeah, and meanwhile, is limited have, in you exact have you ever seen Bill stops Summer? it from answering the cards it needs to answer. Meanwhile, it's just unbelievably ridiculous. <laughs> meanwhile, the green one has to be banned in every format.
<laughs> still legal and legacy and it's still crushing over there god i hate that card so much oh uh, it's still in modern too baby don't forget it, wait is it still legal in yes. modern yes it is that's why i don't play yeah. modern every time Holy i get shit. hit by it in modern i drop from the league and go play warzone i shit you not <laughs> my, oh. my thing my biggest gripe here is that i don't care what the fucking magic online data says in terms of win rate what is the Magic Online data in terms of participation in your format? Yes. Because right now, you haven't fired a fucking challenge in like three weeks. You know, there's like 12 people playing the league right now, and I'm sure they're pissed to be playing against each other. They didn't fire a Super PTQ a month ago. A month ago, yeah. they didn't fire a Super PTQ. And they're not even doing anything about it, dude. Yeah. The, the league is just like a local store metagame at this point. 200 There's people. like 12 dudes in there. You know, they're all hype, they're all metagaming against each other yeah. Main decking uh, and for, to fucking, win their fucking F&M. Main decking, so they can uh, you know, grind their QPs or whatever. Does nothing. So, yeah. Somebody in my chat, the 10 Ton Hammer, says three out of 20 events fired in the last two weeks between prelims, challenges, and other things. <laughs> that is unacceptable. So 15% of your events fired over the last two weeks. What do you... You think there might be a fucking problem? Like, I haven't seen attendance for a format be this bad since the days of Jace and Stoneforge Mystic and Standard when we had a 57-person PTQ in New England. Wow. And that was after the ban announcement. So people knew it was gone. This was the last week to play it. There were 57 people at that PTQ. I can't remember exactly where it was. Somewhere in the north, in either New Jersey or New York or New England. I, I uh, top eight at a PTQ in that format towards the end of it, where I started out one three, won my last two rounds, and finished eighth. That should not be possible in something like a PTQ or anything of, the, of that size, just because it was, was so that small. PTQ like 14 ish. I think 13? it was like sixteen people or something. I don't remember. It, it, people probably dropped and they're still eligible for top eight because you know you're like, oh, I lost two rounds, like I'm going to drop, you know, kind of thing. And yeah, every everybody's home. They need a, you know, they want a distraction <laughs> from the hellish nightmare that is the current world, and you can't fucking fire a pioneer event to save your fucking life, and you sent in your savior <laughs> oath of fucking Nissa. You gotta be out of your goddamn mind. That was the ace on their sleeve, man. They're just like, this is yeah. the one. Don't this worry, is, boys, we got this it. This is gonna bring everybody back to the format, man. This is okay. Yeah. They all left. Like, where did they? Why, why did they leave? Oh, they want their one mana enchantment back. You know, yeah. they, they want Odin like, to sit back. Todd Anderson will start playing Pioneer again if he can play Mono Green Devotion. Yeah, <laughs> let's give him Oath of Nissa, and they'll they'll start streaming it again. For every card that they banned from Mono Green Devotion, I advocated for most like a bunch of them. Right, like once upon a time, I I told Gavin Barry at the uh, Star City Games like uh, Invitational. Invitational we had like the party on Sunday and I said, Hey man, I just, I want to talk about pioneer for a minute if you have a minute. And uh, we went outside and I was just like, look, once upon a time, that card's not okay, dude. I, you know, I, that with the London Mulligan and just the consistency, it just makes every deck that plays it far too consistent. And it makes, it makes games homogenous and boring. And it's just, it's just, it has to go. And Oath of Nyssa was not even close, not even close to as powerful and they ban that one first because they don't they just don't want to ban the cards from the new set and it and it just yeah. it mean it leads me to believe that they care way more about money than they do about the health of any given format and I'm honestly just fucking sick of it dude and I'm just gonna, and they I'm and they knew that it. they could justify banning oath because it was in the Felidar Guardian exactly and then the, it was know. like um okay, uh, offhand uh, uh, okay before I get into my my tangent here. Uh, <laughs> I want to note this incredible comment in my chat from 350. 
They say the only way to top this is to have Cedric surprise join the cast and drop an elbow on these decisions from the top rope. But my the whole like you know it's clear that they never want to ban cards from the new set and they'll find some convoluted way to justify it reminds me of when I was in high school and I was on the tennis team. Uh, don't worry, I'll I'll get to it if this sounds way too off base. I'm gonna get a drink. Keep going. So <laughs> so we got a new coach my sophomore year. And because our old coach, who was a gym teacher, was going back to school at night that year uh, to try to move into administration. So he just didn't have time. And uh, so we got a new coach, and it was somebody from outside the school that we didn't know. It was Coach Ziff. And he was a squirrely-looking dude, and he was not super good at tennis. Like, he would not have been the best player on our high school tennis team. And we were not good. We I think we went 500 that year, right, in, like, a mediocre division in a small state. So, uh, so, you know, we go through the year and, uh, if anybody who has played high school tennis, I guess most of you probably haven't, but the way it works is you either have four singles matches and three doubles matches or five and two. So there's seven total matches that get played for the team and you got to win four of them to win. And, you know, you're supposed to put your four or five best players in singles and then players in doubles, though you can sometimes put good players in like one doubles and maybe have some weaker players at the bottom of singles. But it's very obvious that you're supposed to have, you know, the what your one singles player should be better than your two singles player and so on. And same with doubles down the line. And our coach would just find really convoluted ways to basically just stack the lineup to have us have a better chance of winning. And he would he would take all of our best players, save one and put them into doubles, which is actually fine as long as you take that one player and put them at one singles. But he would find some reason to put him at two or three. And putting him at three was, like, incredibly egregious. And he would put, like, you know, players that should barely be playing at one and two singles and just let them get creamed. And I remember after one match in particular where one of those people actually put up a fight in the first set and lost, like, 6-4. And he got really excited because it meant that he had justification to keep yeah. putting him there later. And, it well, like, we just started being, like, embarrassed. We would show up to matches and just, like, look at the other team when the lineups get announced and be like... I don't know what to do, man. I'm sorry. And we would just like play our matches. One team like counter stacked against us once and we still won the match. So they were super pissed. It was, oh man, it was, it was a weird year, but it's just like everybody sees through the charade. So, you know, just be honest, you pieces of shit. Well, who are you calling a piece of shit right now? Watsy. Well, all right. Yeah. I mean, if we're doing that, that's fine. Cause I got, you know, I, I can turn it up. I can turn it up to eleven. I'm at about eight right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to be the voice of reason with you two. It's kind of hard, but uh, reigning you two in has never been a, a thing that I think I could actually accomplish. But let's uh, let's go ahead and turn this a little bit over back to where we were with uh, Oath of Nissa. And do you think this is something that like Pioneer is going to be okay with, like having this back in? You know, there's a lot of people. I mean, we talked about this last week. This, I think, the biggest shakeup it's going to have here, besides possibly making you know, uh, mono green combo with like Nykthos and stuff available again is you're going to see Kethis combo come back most likely with this. And is, is that really what this format needs is yet another combo deck? Like they, they seem to really like combo decks. Let's just give them another one. Yeah. You know, another one, you know, just over and over. I just don't understand. Like, look, all I know is that Kane Reinhardt bribed somebody at Watsy to unban Oath of Nyssa for his fucking, uh, Kethis combo deck and it worked. They're clearly able to be bribed because he did it and it worked. So let's, can we just, Ian Duke, how much? 
That's what, how much. <laughs> Name your price, to, Ian. To ban Inverter of Truce, I will literally pay you $1,000 because I will make that up in streaming Magic the Gathering quickly. Yeah. How much, <laughs> Ian Duke? I'll, I'll chip in. Yeah, dude, Patreon to ban Inverter. You, is that what we have to do, a petition? Are you fucking a, a, serious? A, GoFu a GoFundMe to get Inverter banned? Yeah, Jesus fucking Christ. We'll, we'll crowdfund the bribe pog in the chat. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> uh, you know, one thing that I thought about um, that I, I think there's something you might possibly see and if, if the format gets like fun again and you're, you're able to play some of these things, like if, if some other bans are happening, is um, one thing I thought about is Oath can kind of actually fill the role of where we saw like Astrolabe kind of playing in some formats where uh, I was thinking of Oath of Nyssa Yorion decks kind of showing up. I think, I think that's something that you could actually see even, you know, before we get another ban, if we don't get, you know, something that people might try, have some fun with it. But that's just another cool uh, tool that one of the companions that survived is going to actually get to use. Um, I don't think we're ever going to see it with Luris, but that would have been a, a, an interesting thing to kind of like loop that multiple times. Yeah, like Abzan midrange with Oath of Nyssa sounds Tannen. really cool, actually. Tannen. Yeah. Luris is in the Kethis deck. Yeah, I, you know what I mean. Like, do you, do you think that's w what they really want that for? I mean, I guess it's something they can do as like, you know, plan C, you know, maybe going on, just getting a little bit of a... Uh, do, they, do they actually use it for the companion? I haven't seen the updated list. No, 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 because you can't... Kethis costs three. Right. You, you, main, you main deck some copies. I, I wrote my article today about Kathis because I think it's going to be good. Uh, so I was looking at lists of it all day. Hey, Ross, mm -hmm. I got a question for you, man. Yeah. How's it feel to write an irrelevant article? How is it irrelevant? Because no one fucking plays Pioneer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. And I'm, not, I, I, it's, I'm sure it's a great article. Check it out on StarCGames.com right now. Jordan <laughs> StarCG Premium. You can get great articles from Ross Merriam and myself and a number of other excellent people. Uh, I, too, will be writing about Pioneer this week, a.k.a. a dead format. It's really sad, I'm, man. I'm not prepared to go that far. It's it's hurting. It's hurting right now. Well, but I think the steps to repair it are pretty obvious. Um, <laughs> I I mean, I, I guess to I most know. people, it is they obvious. should be obvious. It's obvious. To most people. I just want to, I want to make a, an overarching statement real quick. I'm going to jump in and, and just be like, how how does it make you feel? Like, honestly, how does it make you feel that they finally gave you what especially you two wanted? They gave you a format where fetch lands aren't legal, right? And like one of the most egregious designs in the history of Magic. Like fetch lands are bad for the game, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Y'all have both been on public record multiple times talking about why it's bad. And they gave it to you and you were excited, right? You know, you and I made the podcast for us. Todd was streaming every freaking day. I mean, every I, day. I probably, you know, a thousand viewers, a thousand viewers. I was watching your stream all day, every day, Todd. You know how many points I've got in your, uh, on your damn stream? Two yeah, thousand? Yeah, I just kept, I just kept redeeming you like want a five and ten. Session? No, no, I'm good. But I'll just, I'll just give it away anyway. That, that that's was my plan originally. That's the 200,000. That was my plan anyway. Was I was going to get it and then give it away to somebody randomly in your chat or whatever. But um, so they do that and then they just shit on your format after that. Like they give you this taste of the good life, right? They're like, here's what you wanted. Here's what you really, really wanted. And you're going to be like, yes, this is good. You know, I've I tasted freedom. This is amazing. <laughs> And then, and then they they do this to this format, and like I get it, man. Like they've had to they've had to kind of respond to what's going on, right? It's not it's not all their fault. It's really not, and it makes sense, right? Like for them to kind of go this manner, like to kind of if if you look at Watsi as a whole, right, and the way that Magic's worked, like think about when Arena first came out, and it was I, I don't care how delusional they are there, they were not ready for how successful Arena was off the bat. Like they, they didn't in their wildest dreams be like, we would go from zero to a hundred. 
like that without the programs of technological incompetence yeah set their expectations very low right and then also <laughs> and like you can see it in all the mistakes they made with like the mpl and organized play and like giving up on magic online and then can i, can I say one thing real quick this is just a my wife applied to watsi mm-hmm. and they did not call her back that's that's another problem that we've mentioned on the show um she, she and, applied to be part of their organized play program and they did not call her back. She has eight years experience running high level events and they didn't call her back. And <laughs> let's let's go a step further. Better run events. You right? know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on them because the the mythic like they pay people to run their tournaments now. Yeah, they don't run the newer anymore. ones are great. Yeah. No, they they don't any none of them. Watsi doesn't run tournaments anymore. They send liaisons and they hire two different companies to run their events. They run uh, one set of events through a company that does the arena stuff where, like, you know, they had uh, Day 9 and things like that, like the Mythic Invitational. And they have another company that runs, like, the the, the, the Channel Fireball Grand Prix coverage and all that stuff. That's, like, a that's a different company than the ones that was doing the other ones. Oh. If and when Grand Prix come back, they're going to have to be run by a different company because CFB Events is folded, right? I'm sure they could just revamp it back up if they needed to, if they absolutely needed to. If Watsu was like, here's a bunch of money to do something, they're not going to say no. But... Uh, and like kind of talking about what what Todd's saying there, we've said this on the show before where I don't have a way of saying this other than Watsi is an old boys club. Oh, you know, like it's, it's 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 who you know and how you can get your foot in. And like, yeah, obviously some people get in, right? You know, it's like there, there's always that one exception. Someone makes it in, right? But the the old adage of like work hard, you know, really, really hard and like, you know, do your thing and stay in your lane and get stuff and get done. And like that doesn't work. Also, it's a microcosm of real life. Yeah. And speaking about staying in your lane, let's like talk about like how scared and I'm, I'm talking about us in particular and, you know, other people as well. But us in particular, to like keep our mouths shut on social media over the last five to ten years. You know, just don't rock the boat or you'll never work for Watsi. Right. Like as they hold so grudges. Many. Yeah, so many of my coworkers uh, at at Star City would regularly uh, advise me to not say the wrong thing on Twitter, especially in regards to decisions made by Wizards of the Coast. And in the last two years, I just said, "Fuck it, dude. It, there's no reason to hold back anymore." Like they, you know, that I, ship has sailed. I yeah, yeah, dude. I, I'll commend them whenever they do something great, but I will also call them on dumb bullshit, and I do it every time. Without, you know, I'm, I, I, but, like, I don't think anything I've said is is unjust. I'm literally just critiquing the decisions they make, and a lot of those decisions are very bad. And they're for the community specifically. They might be really good for their bottom line for whatever reason. And and I under, I also understand that that's just the role of business is balancing those two things. You need consumer confidence and you need to make money. And and those two things are often at odds with each other. And a lot of times, I would say most times, Watsi actually sides on the monetary side of things instead of the community building without really understanding that building a community is what g- keeps the money flow coming. It's like they're fucking trying to cut the golden egg out of the goose every time, you know? Well, the, you know, the, the way that corporations are structured these days, like CEOs bounce around. So oftentimes when it's coming from the top, it's somebody who knows that they're not going to be there in two years to deal with the mess that they make. So they'll sacrifice long term for short term all the time. And then you'll get it, get somebody else in and they'll come in and promise to be, you know, change things. And they'll do what like, do something bold and immediate with a short term th- goal in mind, meet that and then move on. It just becomes this vicious cycle. No, absolutely. I mean, it, when it comes down to it, high level corporate management works in 2020. Yeah. And kind of just like r- wrapping all this together. I mean, it, when it comes down to it, it's money. 
at the end of the day. You know, whatever's going to make them the most money, right? And you I mean, see, corpor- here's, here's my problem, dude. I don't, I don't think that that's true every time, though. This, this banning specifically, not banning inverter and letting Pioneer die. There only, there are literally only three options: either a, they have no fucking clue what they're doing. Because literally 61% of the people that responded to their poll were just like, what the fuck? 61% of people chose Pioneer in that poll of, are you surprised by today's banning? 61 people chose Pioneer as a thing they were surprised by because what the fuck, right? Two, um, it's malicious and they're doing it to kind of let Pioneer die so that they don't have to code it into Arena and they can focus on Historic. Or three... um, I didn't think of a third one, but I thought I had a third one. Well, I lost it. The second thing is the only thing that makes sense in terms of, to me, or the, if they're yeah. doing things with an actual long-term goal in mind. But, uh, you know, th- this decision might just have been an oversight and incompetence because they're not really looking at Pioneer that much. But they should have data about how many people were playing Pioneer, and it should be fucking grim. Yeah, So, absolutely. Um, you know, but I, I can't, like... I can kind of see this whole like pivot to historic being a real thing that they want to do because it's very clear that they planned on Pioneer being a major competitive constructed format and they released it and everything was going well and they were curating it very aggressively and then as soon as COVID hit they just kind of stopped because they realized that Paper Magic I mean th- this kind of makes me worried for Paper Magic uh, at least for Pro Tours like we might just never be going back to them. Yeah, yeah I, I right? wouldn't be surprised if, like... And they might be planning for that future, and if they're planning for that future, they need something up, and they need something viable quickly, and that means pivoting from Pioneer to Historic, and they'll just say, well, Pioneer and Modern will be paper formats that third parties run. You know, SCG will run those events when they come back. Because I'll tell you what. SCG will definitely go back to paper events. I'll, I'll tell you what right now, Ross. If they do not hold paper Pro Tours and, and paper events again from a high... Like a high level perspective, like Watsy running them or paying somebody to run those events with like 100k first place prize, Magic will die. Magic is not a good enough game to compete with other games on the market. The best part about yeah. Magic was being able to play with your friends at on the tabletops with other people for large sums of money. And without that, Magic will die. So if they completely focus on Arena and only catering to Historic and Standard, they will lose everyone. They probably lost a shitload of people already because people just can't play physically, right? And some people just don't have the money to buy a second collection on Arena or whatever. Like, there's just, there's no way, you know, they have to go back. And if they can't go back, well, then I, you know, maybe Magic doesn't make it, you know? Yeah, it's definitely not going to compete with high-level esports. And if they think it's ever going to do that, they just don't understand the niche that they're in. You know, Magic is much more like chess than it is like fucking Call of Duty, right? Or League of Legends. Yeah, it's not. Right? It's not flashy. It's not flashy. It's it's barely fun. <laughs> there's, I mean, like, I mean, there's something we've talked about that as well. Like, you can't tune into Magic. You can't hear. Oh, I've heard all this, you know, stuff about Arena. I've heard stuff about Magic. Let me watch a little bit. You have no idea what's going on. Literal none. Like you cannot follow it if you're not indoctrinated into the into the into the game, and it's extremely complicated, right? And it's ex- and like barrier for entry is really high. Like it's expensive. It, it, even if people talk about oh, arena's not that expensive, right? Comparative to other games, there's practically no free to play mode, right? Like it's it's yeah. it's almost impossible like to go through this stuff. And consumer confidence has got to be at one of its all time lows. 
like you've been talking about earlier. And like, you know, you, you mentioned the tweet where, you know, they, they tweeted out today. They were like, what was the biggest surprise for you from the, from the band announcement from the, and they like gave you which, which format was the biggest surprise to you. And you said, you know, well over 60% of people chose pioneer, right? Honestly, I thought that tweet was almost insulting. You know, like it, it was, was, it was very like, tongue- ratio? Yeah, it was unreal. Like I was like, you 111 you, responses, 15 retweets, 16 likes as of like, three, <laughs> as of 3 PM or whatever. <laughs> It's just like four, like four thousand people voted. So like twenty five hundred ish people were just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, and it's like, did you expect? Like, it almost feels like this was an automated tweet they had ready to fire from like days ago, <laughs> and they just put it in, and they were like, "Yeah, it'll be fine. They, they won't be mad." That, they just threw that social media person to the wolves, man. Yeah. I feel really bad for. I did see that whoever runs the account actually responded to some people because people were like, you know, like, uh, you know, easy way to put this: what the fuck, pioneer? You know, like WTF, like pioneer, like LOL, right? So you know, whatever. And they they literally just cut and copied parts of that little throwaway paragraph that we mentioned as their answer. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, our, our data on this like blah blah blah. And it's like. You don't you have, have no any data. data. You, you no don't data. have any data. Like yeah, like there's there's, there's the been three no high level events that fired in the last month. They were, they were, they were not that hey. people that have played your format and a highly intelligent spider monkey but we've got plenty of data to tell us that we don't need to ban anything they're throwing darts at a dartboard man let's be real when it comes to this stuff <laughs> yeah sometimes feels like you didn't think that look at me i'm the dci was based on real life okay so i have a thought experiment and um i wanted to bring this up in the show and see how you how you guys think and what your opinions are on this and if you think that this could maybe help with the way that Pioneer is. Uh, so when we looked at the, the ban list today, we saw with Historic that cards are banned and cards are suspended, right? And we've seen suspended cards get banned, you know, from, from Historic in the past. Do you think Pioneer would um, would be in a better shape if they had that kind of ban list for it, where it wasn't just 100% banned or not? Like if you yes. could put something on suspended list and kind of get an example. Todd, you said yes? Yes, absolutely. You want to expand on that? Uh, sure. Um, anything that looks potentially problematic, put it on the suspended list for three months and see what the format looks like without it. If it's worse, unsuspended after three months. If it's better, ban it. That's how you. That's how they should be managing every ban list. The fact that that historic is the only fucking format that has this way to protect itself from too powerful of cards makes. No sense. Why would they why would they single out this one format to do this very smart obvious thing that I suggested in an article 3 fucking years ago? Yeah. I think I think part of it is the fact that historic's new, right? Like you're like, "Oh, it's a, it's a new one. It doesn't have that like grandfathered in thing like this is the way it's always been with standard. This is the way it's always been of modern. This is the way it's always been of legacy." But Pioneer is also new. Like we set un- unprecedented grounds with having a banning every Monday. For months, like, do you remember how you had that, like, moment that you're like, well, I wonder if my deck's going to be legal this week. You know, we had a lot of questions on the show about, like... Hope the Applebee's lunch goes well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I hope the lunch at Applebee's goes well and they get out before 5 p.m. or whatever. But, and, we, we, you know, we had people... I remember... I still remember when the easiest... The biggest problem that we had to deal with on the show and talk about was, should I buy into this deck? Do you think it'll be legal next week? You know, we... we a lot of those. Around. Yeah, we had a lot of those questions, you know. And, because that's another thing, too, is, like... You know, financially, like, think about all the people that really bought into Pioneer. You know, Ross, you and I are lucky. We talked about the show. We just were, were hoarders and just randomly still had tons of that stuff. But I spent a lot of money on this format in real life. You know, I, I you know, all the newer cars that are into it. You know, I went out and got a set of Euros. Like, those are not cheap. 
you know, uh, you know, the cards that I like, I go get the coolest version of them that I want, you know, things like that. I would switch decks regularly and stuff. And now my format is dead because you refuse to do anything. You, yeah. Uh, you, you, like my buddy Russ just made like a super good point that I want to point out too. Sure. Um, the, in this, in this vein, he says the main thing is that historic is online only and they give free cards, free wild cards. If they, uh, ban your card and so they started doing yeah. the suspended thing because they don't give you the wild cards back until it gets permanently banned and so they can't take the and they can't give you or they can't take back the wild cards they give you if they don't ban it that makes and sense so it's, okay. it's it's a money thing they, they literally have a suspended and a ban list so they don't have to give away as many wild cards so why don't they do that for standard yeah good fucking question because <laughs> they don't fucking understand what they're doing and I, I mean, I would like to see a suspend list just because I think that makes for more interesting gameplay for someone for whom card availability really isn't an issue. You know, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I'm not sure how that would impact people that really buy cards. Like if a card gets suspended, you then have to sit there for three months or however long. What, what if it's just a Maybe. month? What if it's a month and after a month you have to unban it or you have to ban it? Or six weeks, who can, some some arbitrary amount of time, yeah. and then you literally have to make the choice to unban it for like an X period of time, or unsuspended for X period of time. Like it has to be legal for like six months or something, or they have to ban it permanently, and it, and it could just never come back. Like I I would be fine with making some hard stance where uh, you have like a six week suspended list, and then after six weeks you have to do something about it one way or another, cut it off or let it go. I actually think that idea is very, very good, right? What what happens to the price of a suspended card over those six weeks? It's got to plummet. If you suspend Inverter of Truth in Pioneer today... Who gives a shit about and, the secondary yeah. market in this regard, dude? They're like, not supposed to, I yeah. I, all I care about is format health and and consumer fun. That is well, literally... Consumer confidence, this is an issue that impacts that. I didn't say consumer confidence. I said consumer fun. Being able to have fun playing the game and having a balanced competitive format are literally the only things I care about. If things get too expensive, that's usually the fault of the secondary market or failure to print enough of a certain thing. And they can very easily fix that by just reprinting everything into the ground, which I highly recommend doing. Yu-Gi-Oh! did it for a very long time and it fucked over a bunch of dealers. And you know what? Who gives a shit? They don't have to pay $100 for a fucking Tarmogoyf. Yeah. Oh, I would love it if Magic, like, if you... Magic cards weren't expensive. That would be great. Yeah, reprint everything to the ground. Make it more kid-friendly or something. Just get, like, they could do so many things to make it more accessible, and they just actively choose not to because they don't care. All they care about yeah. is the bottom line. Just like, you know, have a have a program where you can send them a certain, like, a subscription where they'll just send you a playset of every set when it gets released. I'd buy it immediately. You know, them X you know what other games do that? All Like, the, the like, self-contained deck builder games from uh, back in the day, like Epic and those those games? That I thought that that was genius. That was a lot of fun. Like, like you just, your new set's out, you get four of everything for $30. I'm in. And, that, and everyone would buy it. Every single Magic player would buy it immediately so that they could play the best game in the world with their fucking friends, dude. Like, yeah, there, you could even make like the commander one too where you get one of everything. You know, like you have the one and four and like, sure, I don't know anyone who wouldn't buy it. Like, I would buy it I would on the first day. I don't ever buy cards, dude. It was I'd buy it. Nothing. And then I'd be buying it for a few of my friends, most likely, too. The ones that, like, couldn't afford it or whatever. You know, they're like, oh, I'm, like, tight on money. Be like, yeah, man, I got you. You know, like, you know, I got your... But, uh, our, our third-party tournaments, you know, 
viable without a secondary market for cards probably not What about local game stores like probably that that's that's kind of the issue is like magic tournaments themselves are not particularly profitable for who's running them. yeah that's that's the thing that a lot of people at home probably don't know and you know we have like some more knowledge of is they don't make a lot like star city games doesn't make a lot of money off the tournament itself right you know like they don't i I would love to see the profit numbers off the actual raw numbers of attendees versus overhead right it's extremely bad it's extremely bad. I'm sure you, they probably lose money, honestly. It's extremely lose money bad. Yeah. But here's the thing. Do you know how much money they make on the secondary market? A yeah, lot. Literally because millions of dollars. There's not many products in the world that you get to sell, right? You're like, I get to sell this product, right? But that you directly get to uh, create demand for. And that's like literally just like the greatest thing in the world, right? If you have a product that you can like get not an endless supply of, but you can, you can continue to get a supply of, right? And you are one of the, you are the best company in the world at having a supply of this, right? Because Star City Games is the number one, you know, company in the world when it comes to magic cards. But then you also create your own demand. It's just genius. There, there are no products in the world that do that, right? Or they're, or, or they're just like drug, comp, like drug. Yeah, it's not legal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just like fucking fake. The SEC, yeah, the SEC steps in on a lot of this stuff. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, or the, uh, you know, some other company from from uh, the government that wants to take your money. You know, some stuff like that. It wants you to stop you from having a good time, whatever. And it, I don't know if it's possible that you could have this stuff without it, right? Like Star City Games in itself, Channel Fireball, these companies no, no, wouldn't I, exist. No, no, no. You're, this is this is a point that I feel very strongly about. Um, it is not hard in the gaming industry to find a sponsor for your website, um, or your stream or whatever. If you have 2000 plus viewers on your stream every time, it is extremely easy to get sponsored by G fuel or Red Bull or, uh, let's say Intel in any of the companies that make anything computer or gaming related or associate themselves in this community. They will pay hand over foot for any stream that has over 2,000 viewers, that has a regularly streamed schedule, right? And so the secondary market is, is very obviously how, like, Star City Games makes their money, right? Like, they, they go to an event, they buy a bunch of cards, they come back, and they sell them. And they, they have to pay a huge amount of money to rent out a convention hall for two days, and they have to pay an outrageous amount of money for all the workers that do all the work. And then they have to give out twenty dollars to $50,000, depending on the level of event they run. Right. And that money is all part of the advertising budget, basically, for StarCityGames.com. And Star City recently also has started picking up a lot more sponsors, you know, like recently they got, um, you know, Carnox Chairs and uh, uh, Coalesce Apparel and yada, yada, yada. Ultimate Guard. Yeah, Ultimate Guard. And like all these companies will gladly pay some amount of money to have their name plastered on a broadcast with 2000 plus viewers over an eight hour day. And they will do it gladly. And and in, in the future of Magic could just be the same as every other fucking video game that exists. Where someone streams for 2,000 people and G Fuel pays them $5,000 a month or whatever. Like, it's not, it's very easy business stuff. That's it. That's all I got. No, and you're, you're, you're not wrong. I remember, you know, when I was doing the Hearthstone stuff, the, we were four nights a week for about four hours a night-ish, right? And our numbers were horrible compared to what Jenny, we expected. Can I interrupt you for a second? I just want to say that Shrek stuff in my chat says, don't forget Tiktone when it comes Tiktone to from the creators of Tiktone. Oh, dude, Tiktone was lit. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show for them to the day I die because the first episode of that show was incredible. 
It was Kick the Tone pilot, never forget. The uh, the pilot for that show was incredible. Okay, you can continue. Yeah, and I'm just trying to like you know reinforce Strong Sad's point or Todd's point here. So I'm getting used to calling. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean your call sign. And so, you know, we we our numbers were horrible compared to what we expected. You know, like what we had like, ex, you know, expected to see what we had quoted to other people. We did not do very well. We had a lot of people show up at the first episode. We had audio problems. That's literally a death knell for a show. You know, but we were still averaging you know two to four thousand people a night for a solid four hour. Break. Our sponsors were like UFC, Amazon, and like, you know, other companies. And I'm like, you know, I remember every time, you know, we would go to commercial, I'd sit there and look at my screen and I saw Ronda Rousey, you know, something like that. Or I saw some energy drink <laughs> yeah, or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. you know, something like that. And I'm just like, that's we can, you can do these numbers as a streamer. Like there are streamers in Magic. Like, when you look at Caleb and you look at, you know, Hoogland and you, you look at Nummy, you know, like all these people who have just been doing it for years. They're putting up numbers like that. And we're starting to see some companies come in, right? You know, we've seen some of these streamers, you know, pick up the big, the, you know, like, you know, Cloud9 or, you know, any of the other esport companies yeah. that kind of came into yeah, this. Yeah, Caleb Durward's on Cloud9. Yeah. That's, all, that's amazing. But that I want to say this. That is incredible. I want to say this. When's the last time you saw someone get picked up by one of these? It hasn't been in a while, right? In a while, yeah. And you know why? They did in the initial push when Arena, let's let's say, bought some views, however you want to put it. You know, they embedded yeah. embedded some viewers in their first shows. And the numbers have gone down, obviously. But I think it's something we can do. You know, like some companies. Oh, yeah, Tempo I, Storm, I actually, TSM, yeah, exactly. I have, a, yeah. I have another horrible thing that WotC did. They basically blocked every member of the MPL from getting a sponsorship deal. And that's unreal to me. Like, just let your yeah. players make money. Yeah, it's inc- like they're like we're paying you. You can't have sponsorship mm-hmm. deals. We had a, we had a rule. We had a rule. When we did this in Hearthstone. It's like as long as it's oh, not I'm sorry. some chaos says that uh, Caleb Dirtward was actually on uh, Tempo. Tempo yeah, yeah, my bad. Um, we had a rule when we were in Hearthstone, and it was it was along the lines of this: as long as it's not some direct competitor, and I mean like some direct competitor, some rival company, just double dip, man. Just get your money. Yep. Like we don't know how long this is going to be a thing. You know, get paid, kid. Like. I just don't understand how they don't want growth in certain areas, right? And it just they're goes just back to incredibly. They're just incredibly selfish and greedy. That's it. That's it. The company is literally just incredibly selfish and greedy at all times. If you just look at the decisions they make, it's a very clear pattern that every decision they've made for the past decade or so has directly benefited exactly them. And the only time they change it is when the the co- whole collective community screams at them and threatens to not buy their product. And we're just, and people still buy it. I mean, like it's also... Well, yeah, because they rescind immediately. They're just like, here's this thing that's horrible for the community. We just cut $3.2 million from the prize pool. They didn't go back on that. I'm actually, you know, and you know what? You know who gives a shit about competitive magic now? Fucking no one. Fucking no one cares about competitive magic. How, do you know? I don't even. Is it Player Store or is it Pro Tour again? Does anybody Player even Store. know? Do, do you know who's in the MPL? I, no. I, I could guess. Did they reset the MPL for this year? Is there still an MPL? They I did. Know. They have a. They have a new rivals. I don't know who it is. Right. I, I know they, 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 they haven't done anything with like a rivals league or an MPL at all. They they also changed it. It was originally supposed to be one thing, and they had to change it to another thing. They had to do another situation like the Greg Orr situation where they had to make tournaments not actually matter. They're like, wait, full stop. Like, these tournaments didn't really happen because now we're going to change it to some other arbitrary number to another number and stuff. And I know some people got, you know, kind of kind of crushed on that as well. Yeah. You know, you know, and it's just know, like... You know what they could be doing right now? Just every day. They could have the matches. Magic- 
the with the MPL was it the Magic Players League? Is that what's called Magic Pro League? Whatever, yeah, Magic Pro right? League. They could be doing that every day. They could be having that on Twitch.tv slash Magic every day. Mm-hmm. Also, While like we we, at home, we talked about this too, right? We talked about this too, and like I think there's another short-sighted thing here too. Is like when you look at the the when you look at the players tour that happened very recently, like it only happened a couple weeks ago, right? They played a dead format, right? They played a super old standard format that nobody likes, yeah, right? That these people do, and done yeah, that don't for like want every major tournament of the last whatever. year, right? And like they, he, I swear, every tournament they play is some already solved format yeah. that nobody cares they're, about. They're doing nothing the fresh. People whoever playing it yeah. are doing it because of that tournament and complaining on Twitter about it. Y'all remember? Hold on, hold on sorry, let me finish. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. They do nothing fresh and nothing new. And how hard is it to weekly change some stuff like, oh, they're going to do standard this week, then they're going to do historic next week. Hey, just so you know, two weeks from now, they're going to play standard with this list of cards banned or this deck restriction. You know, like, hey, it's it's singleton. You know, you like Highlander, you like Commander, we're going to play, we're going to play Brawl this week. You know, that just something... Something cool, different, and yeah. interesting. You know what? Every you know what that does? On Arena, that sounds great. You know what that does? Generates interest, gets people to buy stuff. Because here's the thing. You know, hey, you're a commander player, right? And you've thought about getting into Arena, right? You're like playing Brawl a little bit, and all of a sudden you see this on the on the main channel. You know, you see Seth playing, you know, some Simic deck that's in that's that's in Brawl, and you're like, that that I want to do that. You know, and it, how hard is it? Honestly, how hard is it to that week? You know, when they have their deck list po- posted, just have a link, buy this deck. $29.99, buy this deck. Do you know how much you would make? Do you know how easy it would be to get to, to monetize this? Watsy, I'm right here. My name is Tannen Grace. It's <laughs> tannengrace at gmail.com. I've got a lot more ideas, okay? <laughs> I could work from Louisiana. I could work from home. Probably. Yeah. I've got a great cute dog you could put on a fucking photo for Magic as well, because like, how is there not a dog token yet? I'm losing my goddamn put mind. put on a fucking card. Yeah, exactly. How, am I, how do I look exactly like Garenberg Carver? Tell me this. Yeah, you do look exactly like that person, but exactly the same. Yeah, it's definitely you. So you should sue them for your for likeness usage, honestly. So Todd, do you, un, have you seen have you seen it, Todd? It's unreal. No, I, I do. I we were I was there in the versus room when we when someone said it. Yeah, Todd, yeah. do you remember the point you were going to make? Um, uh, to an ex, uh, I'm kind of lost. I lost it. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. I know it's, no, it's no, hard. No, no. I've been talking a lot, and this is not my show, so I, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to oh, do no my worries. best to keep with the flow. Um, and yeah, it does. I, okay, okay, Rocket. So Rocket says I'm on this podcast shitting on your whole brand, but I have ideas to hire me. I, I mean, obviously, I'm a little tongue in cheek when I'm saying this, right? Yeah, no one's ever like, going to hire us, dude. Yeah, no one's ever going <laughs> to hire us, and I made peace with that a long time <laughs> yeah. ago, right? Like we we mentioned this earlier in the show. But here's the thing: I care, right? And someone said this earlier in the chat. They're like, I love the passion coming out of Todd, and like. That's why you hear this. That's why you hear us yelling about it. That's why you hear this emotion in my voice. This is literally my favorite game in the world, right? I've been, I played my first game of Magic in probably, I think it was 1995. It is 2020, and I'm still playing this game. I still have cards literally right there in my closet. You know, my wife hates that it makes this big clutter in the house or whatever, <laughs> but, you know, if you look at the people that stood in my wedding, right? You know, like Magic. all of your yeah. friends you made during playing Magic, right? Yeah. Most yeah, of them were Magic too. players. You know, yeah, mine, yeah, mine too. Every single yeah. friend of mine, yeah. my almost my entire life. I have one friend, I think, that doesn't play Magic, or two. I have two friends that I met not playing Magic, but one of them was indirectly linked to playing Magic because I met him through his brother who did play Magic. You met your wife through Magic, right? Then sure you meet did. her at a at, yeah, at the comic book store, baby. Mm-hmm. I remember, I remember uh, that's the dibs, earlier, right? The that's the that's the dibs story, right? Oh yeah. I don't want to get into that. What were you What were you saying though? Into the what story though? 
Uh, I don't, I don't remember. Okay. So. Uh, anyway, the the Cali story is like a whole different yeah. thing. Yeah, we don't have to say that. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to make the point, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Magic is literally like the the biggest thing that's probably happened to me in my life, right? You know, like up to this point, like obviously my my marriage means more. You know, like right, like I I, I love my dog. If I have kids, obviously it's gonna be the big thing. But time wise, like emotion that I've put into it, like time that I've put into it, blood, sweat, tears, whatever you want to call it, right? The first time I ever went overseas, like the first time I ever really traveled, you know, most of my travel in my life has been magic. You know, like, you know, yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, play the game, make the best friends ever from Scooter. And it, it's, I know it's a joke and we make fun of it all the time, but it was it really about the magic or was it about the gathering, you know? And like, that's, that's why we come back, right? And that's that's you said it earlier. If if paper is not part of magic, I don't know if the game survives. Especially not anything that we we recognize. The game will not be for for anyone on this podcast anymore. Yeah, it, it's magic is just not an esport, and it never will be. Magic is chess. It's adjacent. You know, to, it is. Okay. It's adjacent. Twitch, just so you know, Twitch Rivals had chess tournament yesterday. Huge. It was fucking lit. It was so much fun because they had the, the super fast chess clocks and they had commentators who were super good telling all the plays that they would make each time. And so it kind of, and they would, they had really good commentators, dude. It was, it was super fun. Were they playing speed chess? Yeah. They each had like a 10 minute clock. Speed. That's long for speed. Chess. Or whatever. I don't know. Seven. I, who minutes. the fuck cares, dude? Shut up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ten, ten that's is, a, a, lot that's a lot of minutes for regulation speed chess. It's because it's an eSport. Shut the fuck up. Anyway. Apparently they had grandmasters One, th one more thing so about yeah. the... Um, okay, so you know how you were talking about how every format is solved by the time that like the, the Pro Tour rolls around? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that That is a very recent problem right. that comes exactly. specifically from bad scheduling. They used to have the Pro Tour the week or two weeks after every set release. And so the Pro Tour was always brand new format, yep. new set, and all the best minds in the game trying their best to break it. They would form super teams. They would spend weeks uh, before the event, hold up at somewhere like Spain or somewhere in, in Asia or wherever the, the tournament was, and they would practice. And there was usually like one open the week before that right. kind of set a metagame. Yeah. Like, okay, how are incredible. the pros going to respond to this metagame? Pro Tour Shadows over Innistrad. You know, don't say Pro Tour, whatever. Pro Tour Shadows over Innistrad. That's the, the set that came out. It was an incredible standard format. And it was so much fun. Two weeks later, it was all fucking Bant Company all the time. But that tournament, eight different decks in the top eight with seven different unique identities. It was incredible. And now we just have fucking homogenized Bant and Team of Reclamation. And, and just, it's fucking mind-boggling. You know what? You're 100% right. Like when I think back to, um, you know, my history of watching Magic and um, I've, I, as Magic being broadcast, I've kind of been there since almost day one. Like I, not to mention the fact that I remember watching it on ESPN, <laughs> right? I remember watching yeah. it on ESPN too, right? Yeah, yeah. But I remember when Twitch first started thing and when you would only get Sunday, right? You remember when you would only get Pro Tour Top 8s? You know, they'd be, in the, they'd be in the little... That was the, recorded. The, yeah, the little physical booth, you know, like the... You know, I still remember watching, like, the Mirrodin Pro Tour with the famous ham sandwich, you know, comment and stuff like that. Like, you know, cool things like that. But I remember waking up to watch those at whatever time. You know, normal time, having to stay up real late, like, you know, depending if it was overseas or not. 
And yeah, GG's live, Justin TV. I remember all this. Yeah. Even before that, I used to wake up. I watched. Uh, there was a world, the world finals that had uh, Julian Newton, uh, the, the it, little kid 2005. playing. Uh, yeah, Julian. Year old kid playing Astral Slide, 15. Dream Astral Slide. I watched that entire top eight. It was yep. incredible. My first coverage was 03 Worlds, the one that Daniel Zink won with Wake. Anyway, what I was trying to get at is, I remember trying to like you know get ready to, to watch these tournaments, right, and waking up for this time or whatever. And being excited to see what decks they're playing, right? Because I'm like, this is going to shape the metagame from here on out, right? Like, this is cool. I usually went and bought the first deck that I liked, right? Or went and got the cards that I needed. I was like, you know, I'm going to play this blue-white control deck, right? Or I want to play this Orzov hand deck. Like, you know, the, the black-white hand deck from Kamigawa. Like, that deck was really cool. I liked it a lot. I like, you know, I was excited to see, like what deck, you know, a certain player would bring to every tournament. Like, I used to be a huge control aficionado, so I was like, what is Guillaume Wafatapa going to play in this tournament? I just want to see his list. Now, you know what they're going to play ahead of time. Like, you're not surprised. In fact, the thing that surprises you the most is when someone just says, fuck it, and plays one of the bad decks, right? Yeah. Or plays yeah, one of the off meta decks. Remember when or... Javier Dominguez won the tournament playing Gruel Aggro, and he had the worst record in the tournament for anyone in day three or whatever? And just somehow, the weight structure, bad, yeah. bad tournament structure, just randomly spiked to the top eight. Yeah, can you imagine? I think he went like six and four or something, and someone was like seven and two, or and whatever, missed. you know, yeah, or eight. Yeah, and they the just worst missed. record missed top eight or whatever. And it was just yeah. like, why? Why is this how you? Why am Why am I here? Am I, am I a joke to you? Like, does Does my record not matter? You know. And, or like the way they construct some of their tournaments too. Like we're not going to get into that, but like you know, you had a you had a uh, a champion of one of these tournaments not play in the next one, you know, because of the way qualifiers work. And I'm like, this blows my mind as well. There is no other game where Thorl, the champion Thoral Severin won the Pro Tour and then didn't get to play the Invitational that was yep. three months later. Yep, and it's like I'm, no one even remembers who he is. No one even remembers how many won a Pro Tour last year. Yeah, within the last calendar year. Yeah, exactly. And can we can we title this episode "Are We a Joke to You"? Yes, is that going to be the the title? Yes, it's "Are We a Joke to You"? There you go. It's it's that or the the, the dog sitting at the table with the fire all around him. Like this is fine. <laughs> this <laughs> yeah. is fine. You know, kind of thing. And I mean, I guess we could like maybe kind of like slow down on just the dunking on the mud over and over again. But it's just I just don't understand, right? And like every time something like this happens, like one of these things like this today, it's just another catalyst of us just like getting mad about it because we're like Would you please like please can we get something positive you know if you think about the last few weeks and the stuff that's been coming out of watsi it's been very negative like very negative overall this was a slam dunk it's it was Did easy just banned it was a layup order? yeah and like you know maybe throw in a breach or a lotus field ban on top of it just do those things everyone's like finally we can play pioneer again and this entire week would be everyone excited to play the pioneer challenges on moto the prelims would be firing off and everybody would be going nuts i would have streamed it was Warz a fucking layup magic today instead of warzone i'll yeah. tell you the fucking that much and they just fucking airballed the layup yeah they just just, air, just right it, over the rim just no no backboard no nothing just yeah for all you sports aficionados out there and i just but they might have thrown it over the backboard. I don't even know. No, like they're no, they laid it up into the wrong basket. They went to the wrong end. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot the player that did that or whatever. And everybody's yelling at him to go the other way. Because like that's a better apt one, right? Like everybody's like, no, no, go that way. Like go that way, go that way. And then he just goes <laughs> lays it up yelling the other. at them the entire wait. time. They're like, I'm doing great. I'm wide open. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You didn't want Othanissa back? I thought that's what you wanted. <laughs> I thought I thought I'm giving you what you want. You know, and oh man, I don't know. There we go. I think someone said Leon Let. I think oh Leon Let's the uh, the fumble in the Super Bowl, but yeah. <laughs> but, 
Pyrojack Six says they laid it up and the ball hit them in the face instead. (laughs) (laughs) Right off the rim. That's actually pretty perfect. So, (laughs) honestly, man, I'm just. I think at this point I could just be disappointed and not shocked. I'm just. I'm not shocked. You were shocked. You said no. I'm never shocked. Yeah. Every decision they've made for the last five years is just a joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm not shocked. I'm still a little surprised, but I'm not shocked. And you know, we got a little animated, but I don't have the energy to be super mad about this. Like it's just too much. No, we're gonna Because they're gonna make another boneheaded shit decision in three months, and I'm just not like we just gotta stop doing it. Stop devoting so much energy into it. I'm just gonna play with my oathnesses and be like, this is okay, I guess. And then, you know, two weeks later, maybe we'll have a one Pioneer Tournament fire. They had a Pioneer Tournament over the weekend, but it was because it was the showcase. Oh, yeah, people were going to play the showcase. Yeah. Oh, is that the mock, the old Mox qualifier got changed to the yeah. showcase or whatever? Does anyone even know what the tournament is for the showcase once you win? Does anybody know? Did they have it yet? Did they even broadcast it? Are uh, they going to broadcast I it? I would be surprised I think if... they're playing Lorwyn Block Constructed. I, I would be surprised if half of the information that you would need for this is readily available to the public, because they probably don't know. And I think they're going to throw something together towards the end and be like, hey, this is thing. Like, you're getting the point now where stuff happens, and you're like, wait, what? Like, that's actually going on right now? Why didn't we know about this, you know, months ago? Right? Like, and it even goes back to the MPL players and the Rivals players. They don't know what's going on. You know, they, they might know some stuff ahead of time. You know, there's that, you know, big thing about that, but... They they don't even get the information that that far in advance, and it's like you, that, you think that's that's where you would you know have the information ready. Like here's the ready line. Like here's here's the path. Here's what we've got. Like someone in the chat even asked like, how do you get to the PT? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. It was easy to tell you years ago. Now I'm just like, go win every goddamn thing you play in and hope that you have a good Twitter following. Yeah. Well, I think I think you've got to be like top 1200 on Arena. Of course, for Ross would answer seriously. And then. Uh... And then there's a tournament if you're top 1200 and you'd like top 16. That. You have to know you have to like nine one it or something, right? Nine. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think there's something there's a, some path through arena, but there's no path through magic online. Right Not right now. now no. And there's that's no another thing, path. by the way, they took away like the super people are going to play the next player store like 12. I know, that's another thing, too. They took away like the super PTQs and stuff off offline. And those were doing pretty well overall. And like those were helping out some formats. You know, the, the Pioneer ones were, were firing. I mean, they probably be pretty bad right now with the way the format looks. But I mean, I, I, I don't know. This is just nonsense. Yeah. No yeah. one cares. No, the, the, fucking the, problem is, the problem is no one cares because no one is given a reason to care. Like I didn't. I, they, the Super PTQs were gone for a month before I realized they were gone. I just didn't play for a month because yeah. there was no reason to play. And I don't know if you recall the most recent players tour that they had where they, they played on arena, right? But everyone who qualified for it qualified via either Magic Online or Paper or, or like a lot of people who qualified for it did it for Arena. Or, or most, or yeah, almost everyone, yeah. And so like people who qualified for it via like Magic Online were having to like buy collections on Arena to be able to play and stuff. They didn't like didn't even give people like collections to test with or anything like that. And they announced it like after the fact when it was supposed to be like, you know, pro tour wherever. But obviously I like the pandemic changes shit. I give them the benefit of the doubt in a lot of these scenarios, but they also cut yeah. 3.5 million dollars from the prize pool or whatever, so fuck them. Yeah, where did just, that money go? Just yeah. fuck them. Par- yeah. Apparently, I'm, I'm hearing in my chat that they also made an announcement that there's going to be an announcement tomorrow regarding <laughs> OP. 
regarding organized play. We also got another announcement announcement. I saw that today too. It's just like just just make the fucking announcement. Yeah. Just so just announce the thing today. If you're announcing it tomorrow, it should be leaked by now by someone. So we should know. Yeah. So chat, get on that. And like someone in the chat, you know, made a comment that kind of tie with what Strong said said it's like you know, we understand the reason why a lot of this happened. And, I, you know, I've kind of alluded to it on the show. It's, it's because of the pandemic, a lot of the stuff had to change. You know, and that's just the way the world is now. Like, we, we can't, you know, argue against that. That's the way it is. It's the way it should be. Like, you know, we should be doing what we can to make sure people are safe and healthy and stuff, blah, blah, blah. And people are like, oh, well, when it's over, you know, uh, everything will go back to normal. That That's just not happening. Any, especially not anytime soon. Like, if you think you're playing Paper Magic anytime soon, I've got another thing for you, especially at a high no, level. It, you should not, no one should be playing Paper Magic for the rest of this year, period. Full yeah. stop. And, 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 and honestly, I don't know when the, the, the time will come where we can play Paper Magic again. But like... When we have a vaccine? Yeah, well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, so two like, years? When men? is that? Yeah, yeah. It's, it two is, years? It is yeah. a while. Yeah. I will, I will, I told, like... Right before everything locked down, uh, I actually had a, like a, a conversation with Cedric Phillips. Uh, I was scheduled to do commentary for the last open that we were going to have before the COVID lockdown. I think it was like Syracuse or, or something like that. And um, I told him point blank. I was like, I do not want to get on a plane. I think that this is really bad. Like, you know, I don't feel comfortable. Like people are talking about getting sick in airports and stuff. Like I, I would rather not go. And he was just like, that's fine. No, no problem. We'll get everything fixed on our end. Right. And then like a week later, it was just like, okay, we're canceling every event. Like it got, like it blew up. Like everyone was just like, yeah, this is really bad. Yeah. The Rudy Gobert diagnosis actually kind of blew everything up. Yeah. The, it's weird. the thing that actually got it to stick for everyone, I think, was canceling the NBA season. I think that yep. that was really for me. I heard it on the radio that morning and I was just so taken aback that like, yeah, that that's how bad it is. When when a billion dollar industry shutters its doors, for for like the foreseeable future, like an, an indeterminate amount of time, that's how bad it is, right? When and when casinos close, you need to fucking run. Yes, no kidding, dude. You turn the other way, close. you don't ask questions. Have you seen those like locust swarms in Vegas that they have every now and then that are just just egregious? Like they're just covering the sidewalks and stuff. Hey, do you know what my People average are- thing that I do in Louisiana is during a hurricane? I go to a casino and play poker because th- their power won't go out. They'll have yeah, food yeah. and everything else like that. And the people that are there are degenerates like me. And that's who I want to be playing with. And they don't shut down for stuff like that. You know, and when that happens, like this is legit. And like, I'd be very surprised if you were playing at a decent sized tournament in the next like year. It's going to be a while. My like, most optimistic view is summer of next year. Yeah. yeah. So like that's a, you know, a year from too. now. I think. And that's the most optimistic I can be. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to, like, put any sort of actual date on it, right? Because they there were, uh, what, t- uh, 12,000-ish new cases in Florida last week or whatever? Or, like, yesterday? Some just, like, uh, outrage. There's just so many cases everywhere. It's so bad. Just please listen to people that actually believe in science that's that's all i've got to say when it comes to this and we're gonna we're gonna go past that because we can you know talk for another hour when it comes to this and yeah. twicky kid says dude waffle house closed yeah when waffle that's, house closes that's our the door go home yeah <laughs> stay home, go yeah. home dude. yeah exactly so um i was gonna say did you guys want to talk about anything else on the show today like any other specific things that we needed to bring up I'm not trying to end the show. We got a couple other things to talk you about. You want to talk about uh, Popper at all? Like them? Oh, we already did that. No, I don't give a shit about Popper. Things are happening. Yeah, I'll say we have, we haven't gotten to that kind of. Eh. 
des- desperateness for whatever. We did we, have a couple. Of qu- we do have a good number of mailbag. Questions. Yeah, I was gonna say. So Todd, every week on our show, um, if you are a Patreon of our show in our Discord, we have a section where you can ask questions to, to Ross and I. will answer them in the air, and I let them know that you were gonna be in there today. I, w- I hope we'd be, we'd get a couple. I haven't checked that were directly to you, but We've got like five or six in there. Yeah. So yeah, I was gonna was say, are you okay with uh, answering a few of the mailbag questions today? Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's see here. Was this one? Um, <laughs> do we do the Jace Kent question? Brent says, "Wrap it up, make it easy on me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the first one is going to be from Cody Abzan Battle Priest. What is your favorite cube archetype and favorite cube card, Todd? Since you're the guest, we'll let you go first. Genesis Wave. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> just, just uh, ramp of any kind with Genesis Wave. Uh, all permanents, all the elves. Uh, probably a Primeval Titan. Definitely Natural Order. Uh, and give me like one or two uh, thick green fatties and call it a day. Genesis Wave by a mile. Uh, I like a good tempo deck, but one of my favorite cards to start with is uh, Recurring Nightmare or one of like the artifact payoff cards like Teleron Academy or something. Um, blue tempo and white aggro. Mm-hmm. So for blue tempo, my favorite cards are Riftwind Cloudskate and Brazen Borrower. I like and Brazen Borrower. That card is one of my favorite yeah. cards printed in the last like. Six I got years. all the I got oh, alternate yeah. art ones. All, all those rare adventure creatures, I think, are great. Yeah. yeah, same. You know, Bone Crusher Giant, Love Struck Beast, Murder. I think Strider. they're all really good. Yeah. They they are all just all home runs. Can I take a small tangent here? Is that allowed? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Tangents are always allowed. Yes, it's 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 our thing. After the the bannings in December for Pioneer, um, uh, Chonky Red was a deck that I championed for a while, for about two months before. Theros Beyond Death release. I streamed a bunch. Uh, it was one of my favorite decks. And Bone Crusher Giant, I would say, was in the top five cards in Pioneer. And I don't think that that is an overstatement. And it went from, like, top five best cards in the format to unplayable with the release of Theros Beyond Death. And the fact that they don't understand that and don't think that that's a problem, to me, is a huge fucking mistake. And that's all I'm going to say about it. All right. Yeah. A format where Chonky Red is not even necessarily the best deck, but a good deck yeah. is a good format. Yeah, agreed. agreed. 100%. People are, people are casting, uh, you know, five-mana dragons and not killing your opponent immediately. That's a, that's yeah, a good format. It's good when Glorybringer is a playable yeah. card. Yeah. All right. That's why, like, it's a playable card in Modern right now, and everyone loves Modern. Yeah. Uh, the Cody Hope asked a question, and Wait, I think... Hold on. I got to finish answering Oh, my bad. I thought you did. Oh, yeah. yeah. My favorite white aggro cards are Smuggler's Copter and Mutable. Does, you're a fucking... And here comes the same answer. Those, are, to the those are two of my favorite cards all time. Well, so put Thalia in that pile too. Love me a good Thalia. You gonna put Mother Runes in there? Yeah, that that's a nice one, but not my favorite. It's a good one. I like it. All right, can top I, eight a couple can opens I, with it. Can deck. we move on to the next question now? Sure. All right, this one is from the Cody Hope, and uh, I do like the V in front of the name, buddy. By the way, uh, you know, I'm gonna start with me and Todd answering this one because I don't know if Ross should answer this one or not. But it says, "Gosh, why is Ross so handsome?" Um, I've got to say, it's the beard. Yeah, have you seen him without a beard? He looks like a very large baby. <laughs> if so, the uh, I don't want to plug the video because the person who made it, it's a piece of shit. But the, there's a video of, of Ross losing a lot, and uh, in it, uh, when he gets dumpstered by uh, uh, by Pizzoli, he has no beard. The Pizzoli match is just on YouTube. You can just watch That's it there. True. But he with the coverage, he gets dumpstered by by Pizzoli just just a lot in that video, and he's just such a he just looks like a baby. He just has a baby face. All right. The next question is from Anderson Leclerc himself, the Sir NBA Papa Shot Champion. Likes to, likes to assert that dominance. Um, what is the worst deck you have won a constructed tournament with? And let's say like PTQ or above. 
You say, what's the worst card you've ever won a tournament what, with? What's the worst deck? Worst deck. Oh. Construct a tournament, PTQ and above. So nothing that you just, If like, it's PTQ wanted. and above, during the height of Mardu Vehicles, I won a tournament with, like, the Sultai Control deck thing, where my matchup against Sultai, my matchup against Mardu Vehicles actually wasn't very good. <laughs> Which was, like, the most played deck in my area by far. Like, I would beat the other decks, but I had to kind of, like, have the nuts and have them not have the nuts or whatever. But I remember winning a PTQ with that and being, like... And people were like, oh, your deck's great. I wrote an article about it because I was writing at the time. And we like, your deck's so cool, like, blah, blah, blah. And I just, like, secretly just wanted to shout from the rooftops, it's not very good. The deck is not very good at all. But uh, that, that, that came to mind right away. Um, if it didn't have to be PTQ or above, I remember I showed up to, like, a local event once that had a lot of people. We had, like, 40, 50, 60 people. It was, like, a win-a-set tournament. You know, if you won it, you won the newest set, like, a four-of or whatever. But I, I didn't know that was the tournament that weekend or whatever. And I was playing a Burning Vengeance deck like in constructed and just somehow just like ran through the tournament but nice um my side i won a ptq in modern with kiki pod good which was not Lord. a particularly good deck but i ran out of my mind yeah. it was unbelievable you'd, you'd have just to. one of those days like you never won another match um, other than this event pretty much i don't think i ever played the deck again to be honest uh, are we talking about I think our I lost two own games or in the just entire the tournament. worst ever? No, in your in, that you've done. Okay. And then uh, I, I want to make one more point, and that's uh, the dredge deck that I won SEG Syracuse with in 2016 was a horrendous list of dredge. Uh, sir, right, I, Todd, you, sir. it was you, me, and, and Tom that went up to that event. Yeah, and you, and you remember that like deck. me and Tom worked on it for a week. Yeah, well, but we all ended up on di different numbers. That's like, true, that's true. I, well, Tom, I went the hardest and, on Bridge know. from Below and Gargadon, and you split the like. And I think Tom had like way less, and you split the difference or something like that. I don't remember. But like, my list has like four Bridge and four Gargadon in it, and Gargadon was actually a good cyber card against Anger of the Gods. But playing Bridge and Gargadon was just ended up being bad. But the deck was so broken, it didn't fucking matter. Yeah, it was just fucked up. Anyway. Um, I can't recall winning a tournament in my entire life of a PTQ level or above with a bad deck. Like, I had maybe, like, slightly underwhelming builds or whatever of, like, the best deck or one of the top three decks. I, I lost in the finals multiple times with a really cool takes on Zoo and, like, Old Extended. Um, but, like, you know, my, my notable tournament wins are, like... Esper Deathblade a bunch and fucking Teamer Delver in Legacy, you know? And then, like, a whole bunch of modern with Teamer Twin when I was the only person really, like, playing Tarmogoyf other than Patrick Dickman, I guess. And I don't know. Like, I just M never Most really of my wins are just decks. good decks, too. Yeah. I'm um, like, you know, Blue-White Delver, you know, Is It Phoenix? Right. Dredge. You know, people shat on Bant, Bant Heroic, but that deck was actually really good. It was good. unreal. Bant Heroic is in top five decks I've ever played, power level-wise. My win percentage across four Grand Prix was uh, averaged at 12-3. That's pretty I, good. I wish I had played it for more than the one tournament I did. Oh, fuck <laughs> but you, I listened Scooter. to the high Scooter five. says Bant was unplayable. Fuck you. I won so much <laughs> with that deck. I won, like, there was, like, multi I, I top four in open, won regionals, and also 12-3-2 Grand Prix or whatever. Like, you're wrong. Like, it was incredible. All right, next question. This is from Cody Abzan, uh, Battle Priest. And I think we're going to have some fun with this one because we can do it with all three of us. Uh, in a similar vein, Tannen, what is the worst deck Ross has ever played a tournament and vice versa? So we can do this kind of with everybody. And I was thinking about this a little bit. Uh, I think one of the worst decks I've ever seen Ross play in tournament just because I was sitting next to him 
is you played the uh, Jeskai Ascendancy. Uh, what's the, the the creature that gets has affinity for artifacts and puts em- Emery? Yeah, it, that deck. And every round, I would look over at your opening hand. I'm like, he's gonna do something busted in like the first two turns, and then he would just die because the deck did nothing. Like, you know, you just. I don't know. The deck was trying to do too many things and didn't do any one thing well enough or whatever. It looked really powerful. It was it, doing a bunch of good stuff, and you just could not consistent. win a game. Yeah. I hooked myself because the first league I played it in, I drew well and just 5-0'd very easily. Yeah. And I like, literally never had that feeling where you just, just run over a league. I think I lost one game, and I was like killing on turn two and three a bunch of times. I was like, this deck might be broken. And I took the chance and played it in the tournament. And it was not broken. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go one step further on this. One small step further. I'm gonna add one person in it for me because we also have the same answer uh, for Brennan DeCandio. There was a deck. I think it was one of the ones where we lost in the finals, oh, where he played God. this blue white. What do you mid range deck? <laughs> yeah, it was so. bad. It was literally the worst deck I've ever seen in my mind. And I want people to understand the iteration that he played was horrible, and he almost played a way worse version of it because he built it on his red-eye flight to the event. Like, he yeah. stayed up all night. Well, he, it wasn't red-eye. He got in late. He got in at, like, one. And, but he brewed it on the plane. And he came and showed it to us. And it p- contained the cards History of Benalia and Heart of Kirin, which are not a combo. But the second one comes down, and then you can crew it, bro. <laughs> I also want to point out, he had, like, no creatures in his... He had, like, no fucking creatures in his deck that crewed Heart of Kirin by itself. Like, yeah. like zero. Tannen said, how many Gideon of the Trials are you playing? And Brennan lit up and was like, oh yeah, that's in the deck too. <laughs> just said, forgotten about a card that could actually crew hard. It was just good in his deck. Like, <laughs> yeah. So he brewed it. We let him play it. It was heinous. What was the original question? Uh, uh, what are the worst decks you that someone else has played? Like, what's the worst deck you've ever seen Ross like play in a tournament or whatever? Oh, Elves. Legacy Elves? Yeah, that's horrible. Every time. I think it was great. If you had just played a brainstorm deck, you would have won every one of those tournaments yep. where you lost in the top eight or whatever. Yep. That those tournaments were insanely easy if you just knew how to play Legacy, and you just put yourself at a huge disadvantage because you had a bunch of creatures in your deck that died to Engineer Plague or whatever. No. Up until the point that Treasure Cruise was printed that fall, Elves was excellent. Okay. You're well, after it was banned, otherwise. like why didn't Elves come back? Hmm. Why didn't Elves come after back? After what? Uh, so Dig Through Time didn't get banned until that summer, and something happened in between then. You know, like a bunch of cards come out. I I can't remember exa- uh, exactly what it was. That's was probably like, is it Static Caster? It's really keeping you down. <laughs> but when when everybody was playing fucking Shardless Bug and Esper Deathblade, like you just crunched those. Yeah, things. but how do you beat any combo deck ever? They're just like turn one. Yeah, whatever. I'm done. I'm off it. Fine. I literally beat Storm in the top eight of the Invitational. And oh, man, you lost a death in taxes. All right, let's, let's, lost a death in taxes. Let's, in let's try to focus. Let's try to focus. And, <laughs> and my last answer uh, for Todd, I don't. I can't think of a specific deck that was bad. Cause Todd generally plays good decks or whatever. But I do remember one of the times that we teamed. You you played Jund. And it was a good. It was. It would have been a good metagame belt. But you were so fucking miserable playing in the tournament. Like literally after every round, you'd be in a bad mood. You just look at me and be like, dude, I'm playing Jund. Like, I get to tell it crushed your soul. So, probably that. All right, Ross, what are your answers? What are the worst decks that uh, we two have played? So, I know, Todd, you always got pigeonholed into playing Legacy yep. on teams because you got known for Legacy and you never wanted to do it. Yep. And you just always played Sneak and Show, and I never thought that deck was good when you were playing it. Yeah, it was just easy. And, like, yeah, I, I know, had fun but I don't think it was You good. played it well. And... 
Tannen, um, I don't, uh, the time you played the, like, Thought Scour Gurmag Angler Delver deck. <laughs> My record with that was unreal. <laughs> no, the second time, you, like, you played it once and liked it, then you always, like, you kept talking about it. For, you know, while you were playing the, the Grixis deck, and then after the Grixis deck got banned, like Deathrite Shaman and stuff, there was one tournament where you tried to play, like, Thoughtscour and Gurmag Angler again, and it was not good. Okay, sure. Am I misremembering this? No, I mean, I, I, I probably had a good record just because Legacy was easy or whatever, but you're probably right. The deck probably wasn't very good. There was an open I played at where I didn't do very well, where, like, the first open when Jace was back, where I just played, like, kind of like Callblade, and I just got destroyed in Modern. But I think I did so bad, nobody even remembered it or whatever. All right, Todd, what's your answer? Uh, for worst decks you and you and Ross have played? Yeah, just off the top of your head. Besides, well, you said you said elves for Ross. Honestly, Tannen, I never really knew you to play a lot of Magic tournaments other than Legacy Team. So yeah. like, <laughs> I don't really have a good uh, good one for you. But like, as far as like actual decks are concerned for Ross, I have to say when he played like Blue Red Prowess for a whole standard season, I played it for one tournament. But then you were like, oh yeah, but it was also my best tournament finish. And so for you just four months, and then you just like kept talking about it and playing it, and it was still. It was mad. the well, the deck was sweet, and it was the four <laughs> months after I moved to Roanoke when I just couldn't win a match of Magic to save my life. Yeah, that's fair. Sometimes you just got to play the one deck that's horrible and get out of your funk. That's what I always did. Yeah, it was week one. That deck was, you know, it was bad. It was definitely bad, and I also lost the mirror in my first match on camera after my buys, which was really frustrating. Yeah. Well, it also was just you were just like, okay, here's Storm Chaser Mage. And then your opponent's just like Marvel or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Do, do something powerful. Yeah, yeah. Do something actually powerful. Yeah, I beat plenty of Siege Rhinos that weekend. Whatever. It's, you know, but you know what I'm like, You get the fuck up. Oh, saying. yeah. Storm Chaser Mage is not a good magic card. All right. Oh, that's right. not true. That's not true. So the next, question, that, the next question is from one of my favorite patrons, uh, Yeoman5. Uh, and I'm going to direct this question just to you, Todd. Is Green Devotion back? I hope so. I hope so. But, like... I hope so. That's all I'm going to say. I, I love Monogreen Devotion. Um, I really hope Pioneer is good. And I'm going to probably try out Monogreen Devotion with it tomorrow on stream. Have you seen the list that Spike's been playing for a while? Uh, the Spire one with, like, Karn, with Karn and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love that deck. It's awesome. Yeah. He, he's been playing that deck, you know, I saw him play it, like, a couple weeks ago. Nice. And he said it was pretty good. And now it just gets to play Oath of Nessa. Love that. So no, absolutely. Maybe that deck is good. Sorry, I thought Karn was just an outrageously good addition to that archetype. Agreed. Honestly. Yeah. Agreed. Spike is Spike is genius. Aspiring yeah. Spike. Twitch.tv slash Aspiring Spike. Check him out. He's amazing. One of my favorite streamers, period. Um, He's yeah, actually been on the show before. We, we've just, had him as a guest on the podcast. Yeah, very good friend of the podcast. Um, Actually talking about the Monogreen Karn deck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Next one's going to be a two-parter, so we'll do this one piece at a time. It's, um, I don't know, you tell me, is the name of the, this great name, by the way. Um, if you could change one thing about the world, only one thing, what would it be? You can take this question any way you want. Ross, do you want to go first? Because I feel like you might have the longest answer. I have a three-word answer. It's end global imperialism. Okay. All right, ask me again. I got a raid from Gabby Sparks for 836, and my ears blew up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, first part of the question. If you could change one thing about the world, only one thing, what would it be? You can answer this question any way you want. This is like a really deep question. Ross's answer is like pretty spot on. Imperialism is like pretty horrible in general. Um, it's also the base for a lot of other bad things. Um, I, I would say just uh, just making sure that no one goes without uh, housing or food. That, that those Fixing those two things is... is 
literally just a, a, a monetary cost. Like it's easily doable. Like the United States could feed every single person in the world easily every day for and and, and with the food we throw away, you know. And uh, no, that's it. Just just uh, house and feed everyone. That's it. Yeah, my answer is going to be end poverty, and like y'all kind of just nailed it and answered it better. So, um, and then they have a magic related question. Um, what would it take for an energy shell to be playable in Pioneer? I'm going to answer this one a little bit with um, one of two things. You ban all the good decks into the fucking ground, and then you get a next rung of good decks and ban those into the ground, and then probably a, an energy deck would be playable. Or if they ever unbanned uh, the Sahili Rai Feldar Guardian combo, I think it could be good with a energy shell. Sure. That's something I mean, where it could fit in. Yeah, I, I don't think energy is particularly bad. I, I don't think it's particularly think bad, the, yeah. It's kind I, of I just think that the well the, the interaction points for the old one from standard are just not what you need in Pioneer. Like you need some sort of like counter spell or remove like uh or, or discard spell in order to interact with the combo decks. And so like it would have to be ban every combo deck for energy to be good. And then maybe it would even end up being like too good, like it wasn't standard for a long time. You know, they banned Etherworks Marvel, and then it was like Teamer Energy and Four Color Energy were just like the best decks in the format by a lot for the mm -hmm. two months or whatever they remained in standard. Uh, I think my, my, my other part of the answer would be, um, and someone in the chat kind of got to it too, is make Kaladesh 2, like make another set with energy cards. I think if it had a few oh, more supporting answer. casts, it would be good. Yeah. So the, the reason why energy was so powerful in its day in standard was two reasons. And neither of those reasons holds true in Pioneer, which is why energy hasn't seen play. And that is the two advantages that energy decks had over other decks during those standard seasons. One was their mana was way better because of a tune and ether hub. And two was they had the best removal spell in the format and harness lightning. And harness lightning actually would still be a good removal spell in Pioneer, but it's not a great one. Because there's so many other options, you know, Fatal Push, Eliminate, what have you. So those advantages going away, the other cards are not strong enough to hold up an energy shell. Rogue Refiner is a very good enabler and just a solid, you know, efficient threat. But it's not an over-the-top powerful card. World of Virtuoso, kind of mediocre card, but perfectly fine if your deck also gets to play the best mana. So you always have the right interaction and smooth draws and you get to play the best removal, removal spell. So... You need, there needs to be more energy cards and they need to provide something that is unique to the Pioneer format that actually gives you a draw to put the other energy cards into your deck. All right, Ross. Uh, do you recall the Izzet Dynavolt Tower deck that I built like early, early in Pioneer? Dude, I played that deck at a fucking Pro Tour. Yeah, and wasn't it just the most fun you've ever had? Well, I got De shit clowned all day oh, no. and all of my matches took forever <laughs> and it was miserable. Why did you play my decks? No, never, never. I got tr I got tricked by Greg Orange, who kept winning with the deck, and I forgot that Greg Orange is just a master he and has, never loses. He's incredible, dude. He's so good. Yeah, he, he gives so, himself such a huge disadvantage playing those horrible decks, and he's yeah. just incredible. So that that was that was the problem, and I should have just played my bad uh, Sahili combo deck. That was like very, it's it's so close in concept to the good Sahili combo deck that I was like really frustrated. But I, I brewed it myself before that Pro Tour. It was, and I, what I did was I saw Renegade Map, and I saw that this was an artifact set. And I was like, I'm going to take this busted combo, and I'm going to put it into a shell that takes advantage of a major theme of this block, and use Renegade Map to have better mana than everyone else. And if I just did that with energy and a Tune of the Ether, I would have had the best deck. 
But instead, I did it with that. And so I played Heart of Kirin and Sahili and, uh, and Tezzeret. And I thought, like, Tezzeret's cool because I can play it plus for a treasure and then have Fatal Push Up to stop their Felidar Guardian. Or have Red Band Up for my um, the combustion artifact that dealt one damage to something. Or you could draw a card. I had, like, two of those just as cheap artifacts for Improvise. And then I played Maverick Thopterus that you could blink with Felidar Guardian. And I topped off at Herald of Anguish to, like, dominate creature decks. And the deck was actually pretty sweet. The problem was neither Sahili nor Tezzeret put pressure on the opponent by themselves. So if you didn't draw Heart of Kirin, you just didn't have enough pressure. If one of those Planeswalkers was better, you know, if, Te if Tezzeret, the, the Schemer, was like, you know, would have made a token uh, that, like, could attack, that deck would have been really good. All right, I have a follow-up question for Ross. You remember playing Just Guy Black for the first time at a tournament? And at the end of the tournament, I came up to you and were like, you're a master? Yes. To, <laughs> to be fair... <laughs> You were playing lists that had, like, Monastery Mentor that could kill people, and I was playing the fun Michael Majors list that killed people with Demonic Pact. Uh, most of that season, I didn't have Mentor in the main deck. I only put Mentor in the main deck for the Invitational and the uh, the Players' Championship. Before that, I was killing people yeah. with Soulfire Grandmaster. <laughs> that, that is true. I'm, and I came... I, you got two draws, I think I only right? actually went to, to time, like, like, once I or twice. I cannot believe you have but zero draws. I was under <laughs> five minutes every round. Yeah. I'm so sad that I didn't play at that time because that deck is right up my alley. Like I would have played yeah. the shit out of that deck. All right, our next it was and, so much fun. yeah, our next and last question of the day is from Brent Wagner, our editor. Thank you, Brent. We love you. Uh, he says Ross once told me you were the bottom one percent of tying your shoes. What is everybody else the bottom one percent of? So what are you just really bad at, Ross? Do you want to answer this one again? Like what are you just really bad at? Well, I'm. I'm the bottom 1% at tying my shoes, but I have another thing. I'm bottom 1% at flipping pancakes. <laughs> really flipping anything in a pan. Like, I, I can't... I cook eggs all the time. Like, I fry eggs multiple times a week, and I've been doing it for years. Mm -hmm. I cannot... I still am, like, batting maybe two-thirds, flipping a fried egg to make them over medium. Yeah, don't ask me to make an omelet. I cannot do it. Um, I, like, I cannot flip anything with a spatula. Todd? All right, mine's pretty good. Um, I have literally never been able to tie a balloon. Same, big same. As weird as that, yeah. Just like I, I don't know. I just can't tie a balloon. I've tried. I've tried a lot, and <laughs> it just is, always this is a great question. it always slips out of my hands, dude. I don't get it. Every time, like Callie made some balloons for my stream or whatever, and I couldn't help her. I told her I was just like, I don't, I can't do it. I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't tie a balloon. It always slips out of my fingers. Chad's really this identifying with you right now. Ever. <laughs> And Tannen? Uh, what would you say, Ross? What are you bottom one? Uh, I got a couple answers to this. Um, just in general, uh, whistling. I actually just cannot whistle. I just I, I can't I'm physically incapable well, of whistling. Plenty of people can't whistle, uh, so, so you can't be bottom one percent. Okay, okay, but um, all right. So one thing I've always been is if it comes to like games, board games, video games, whatever, sports, I haven't ever been like exceptionally ridiculously good at any of them like you know i guess it's maybe arguable you know like at one point in time or magic or one point in time and like you know i was really good at golf or whatever you know just but i was okay at everything right like i felt like i had a higher learning curve picked up stuff a little quicker or whatever but i am so bad at tennis i just don't understand why because for me the footwork i could just not get the footwork down and it doesn't make sense to me because like I was like, you know, good at football, I was good at basketball, or like good enough, you know what I mean? Baseball, like all this other stuff where like you run in the same general ways, you know, like your legs could only do so many things, right? And I just 
I, I just can't do it. Like, I'll play any other sports. I refuse to play tennis because I'm that bad. And it's just super frustrating. I think you're overthinking tennis, honestly. I, I So I've, I've never played competitive tennis. Um, I, I played some casual tennis with like Ross and stuff when we were living in Roanoke. Yeah, we played tennis once or twice. Right. And, but I played, a, I played like a couple times with, uh, like Jerry Thompson's ex-girlfriend, Caitlin and a couple other people like around town. And like, as someone who had played a lot of other sports, it felt kind of natural to just like hit the ball. Like I didn't think about like my, how to do the fancy footwork to get to the ball in time. Cause we were just like playing, we were all bad or whatever, you know? Um, but like, I, you know, I think maybe you just were overthinking it. Like you, were you like being coached on how to play tennis and you're, they were just like, here's how to do, here's how to set your feet to do the, the best shot. No, it's, like, it's just, just like, me, just let me swing hit the ball. No, it was, it was like, like <laughs> I could hit the ball fine. Right. Like racket to ball was fine. But like putting myself in a, maybe I'm too hard on myself, but putting myself in a position to like not fall over my own feet as I'm hitting the ball or like not overrun it. And I'm just like, I don't understand. Like. I don't, I don't. Oh, you. Uh, that that should be unless like a you're holding skinner. the racket like this, so, like you're holding a frying pan in front of you. You're not bottom one percent at Okay, I can. Okay, sure, sure. Because that's how a lot of people try to hit the like. They will run to the ball with their racket out in front of them like this and go and hit the ball straight down into the net. I watch this all the time, and I'm just like, have you never e- even seen someone play tennis? <laughs> so you don't know to just like swing from their side. Uh, yes, the answer to the question is that I did win a state championship in high school in golf. Yeah, that, that game is unbelievably difficult. But it is the most humbling thing I've ever done in my life when it comes to something like that. We did actually get uh, a question during this that I'm going to throw into here because Scooter private messaged me to get a question in. Uh, love me some Scooter. I know you do too, Todd. What do you guys think of laugh tracks? I think they are heinous, personally. <laughs> uh, any show with a laugh track is unwatchable, including yeah. Friends. It, unless it's satirical, right? Like if it's a satirical uh, oh, laugh track, yeah, I'm it's in. Like if it's like fake or part like yeah. part of a joke in the episode, and then like the best part is the episodes of shows where like the characters can hear the laugh track and they're like, "What the hell's happening?" Yeah, like break the fourth wall. As long as the laugh thing. track is derived from taping a live studio audience, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, a yeah, lot of Fresh the people Prince you're hearing of are dead. Had a had a literal real audience, right? So like that that type of thing, woo, like that stuff, like. That's good. That's fun. yeah. A lot of those shows were actually filmed before a studio audience. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I was about to say. So we got a few more things to do before we're done with the show. Uh, Ross and I actually kind of wanted to talk about something this week that's pretty cool. Uh, we have an official sponsor for the podcast, and uh, I'm actually really excited about it. So I got to say this, Ross. Uh, the name of the company is Bannister and Man, and they make grooming products. Two ends and man. Say that again. Right. Is it two ends and man or just one? I believe it's two. Let me make sure here. Yeah. Um, I have it, have it pulled up, but so I'm, I'm a big fan of this stuff, right? Like the things that they make. And I was gonna say, which one of the products have you tried? Cause I've tried out quite a bit of them myself. I have tried various soaps and cologne. Okay. They're, they're men, they're men's grooming product company. Mm-hmm. And I know you're big on the shaving supplies, which I, for obvious reasons, I could I could probably use some of that banister and man stuff right about now. I'm getting yeah. a little choppy up in the yeah. mustache region. Again, for everybody, we're gonna post links to this. It's barrister and man, and it's with two ends, like like Ross said. And I gotta say, the thing that I I've liked the most. So like the, the soaps are great, right? Like the hand soap stuff, especially in today's climate where you know I'm washing my hands five or six times a day. I haven't really felt like that dryness 
that's going on. What what, what scent of hand soap do you lavender. have? Lavender. I got lavender for all my scents because yeah. it is. I've got the Seville, and it is. Nice. It's nice. It's like a. It's like like the cool sport scent, mm-hmm. but with this like heavy spice note to it. It's it's really nice. The um, I did get a different scent for one of my aftershaves. I got to say this one was so cool because uh, this really hits home for me. You're gonna see why. So the company is actually out of. Um, I literally just like blanked for where uh, Cooperstown, New York, where the uh, baseball hall of fame is. And so for a limited time every year, they have an aftershave that's called diamond and it has a uh, sense in it that kind of reminds you of a baseball field. And I, I'm not a big aftershave guy, but I, I am now, you know, the stuff's great. I've been using it after, uh, you know, after shaving as, as well. But the thing for me Wait, that when are you really, supposed to use it? shut up, I, uh, I fumbled over my own words there. Shut up. <laughs> Hold on. R- the the key though is how does your wife like it? She the first time I used it, she she did the whole like you know she got in close like you know kissed me or whatever, and then d- gave me the look. You know I'm talking about like the different smell, and I was like yeah it's it's this this and this. She was like she gave me that uh you know that you know that look that your significant other gives you, Todd. You know this one where like they're like oh okay it's a fuck yeah it's fuck me eyes yeah yeah sure that too yeah. but uh the, the, <laughs> I mean, oh, the sorry sorry do you, does, does your significant other not have fuck me eyes <laughs> <laughs> wasn't gonna bring that one up but sure uh no but, I don't, but what do you want man you, you smell good it's fuck me eyes Come this on. is not a subtle podcast yeah. Dan. but i gotta say the, the things that i've liked the most the products that i've liked the most out of them is the uh the shaving soap and shaving brush so like I've never actually used this in the past. And what I do is, you know, I have like the typical guy thing, like the gel stuff that, you know, you, you, you squeeze out the little bottle, you know, you lather it up onto your face or whatever, and you just use your razor and you shave. But with this, like, you put a little bit of, you know, moisture onto the brush and you take the, the shaving soap and you like lather it up on the soap and then you lather it into your skin, right? It's kind of like when you get, if you've ever gotten like a professional shave at like a barbershop or whatever, right? You know, they use the straight edge, they lather you up and it's got this big stuff. And... I love it in particular because um, I, I kind of like maybe not like super sensitive skin, but like I can't tell you how many times that like I shave and there's like there's like bumps or, you know, just, you know, red spots, just anything left behind on my skin. And it's kind of like unsightly, you know, it doesn't look good. It doesn't feel good. It's irritation or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But this actually doesn't ever have that problem because it, it also like, re- you know, removes the dead skin. It does exfoliating it moisturizes. It does all that stuff. And. I was kind of bad about that the last, you know, few years of my life about not taking care of my skin enough. My wife's kind of like really pushed that agenda a little bit more of me, which is, it's good. I needed that help. Um, you know, some of the jobs that I've had have put me under lights a lot and that doesn't do a lot of great stuff for your skin. And I haven't had that problem. Also, it's probably the best shave I've ever had. It just feels nice and super smooth after it. You know, there's no, there's no nicks, there's no cuts. It just, the blade just goes right across the damn skin and Honestly, I like now that I'm saying it, I think I need to shave again. And I'm like actually kind of excited to go use the new products. So super big fan of that one. I know you don't shave a lot, uh, Ross, but Todd, have you ever used anything like that before? No, no, I wouldn't mind trying it out personally. Not this not, I, I am not sponsored by this company, uh, but I know that your podcast is. So I will I will leave it at that. I would not mind some free stuff <laughs> from uh, Bannister and Man. Barrister. 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 Like an English lawyer. Look, man, it's your sponsor, not mine. Okay. <laughs> no, no, we got some, we got some we got some fun stuff, and y'all may have heard heard Ross mention the cologne. So I got a bottle of the cologne from them. I'm not a, I'm not a big cologne wearing guy, uh, though it does smell great. Uh, I think I'm gonna do a giveaway involved with it. I haven't I don't have the um. It's a nice bottle of cologne, by the way. It's not a it's not like a little small one. It is it is a hefty bottle? 
So you, you can run either a quote unquote giveaway and give away me some of this product. Sure, yeah, Todd, you could you could you could be into the giveaway. So as of right now, the way I'm thinking about it, I haven't worked out all the kinks, but what I think I'm gonna do is I'm gonna enter enter in all of our patrons in because they're just gonna get it put into every giveaway no matter what. And then um, we're also gonna be given a code from this company to where you know anything that you you purchase on there you can you can use the code and get yourself a I think it's going to be 10 or 15%. They have they're working on that number right now. They're trying to figure out uh, hashtag code fuck me eyes. Yeah, there we go. Exactly. For, for 15% off your first order. Yeah, it's it's going to be man. it's going to be some number uh it's going to be pioneer cast. The code is pioneer cast and nice. um if I remember right. And they're working out the number because it's, they're having a problem getting it to work in conjunction with another uh discount they're doing on the site so I'll, I'll get to everybody when they get that whatever but anyone who shows me proof that they ordered something from this company uh it, it, you know use that code send me a, a picture you know email tweet whatever uh send it to me privately send me in dm that you, you ordered something from it i'll put you in the giveaway as well and we'll, we'll run this for a few weeks and see and see what happens all right cool deal <laughs> the amount of times fuck me eyes has been said in one of the chats is a little too high for my liking but <laughs> what do you not think that they would be very ecstatic about that kind of chat interaction with their product? I, I did not say to... that. What do you think their next scent is going to be called? It'll just be F F F FME FME FME. Oh my god! All right. Well, before we get into to, to wrapping this up, and hopefully we'll be a little cleaner with the the, uh, the sponsorship hashtag sponsored uh, next week. Todd, thanks for being on the show this week, man. This was a lot of fun. Hold on. I, I have one final question before we yeah, get Yeah, sure, sure. Go ahead. And is it, are, does this mean we're esports now? Why? Because we're sponsored? Are we esports? Yeah, because we have a sponsor. If Magic's esports, we're esports. Roll Todd. Roll, Roll Todd. Y'all did y'all's plug. I had to do my plug. I forgot Buy to wear the shirt. Buy the shirt. Colasapparel.com. Use code Roll Todd to get 10%. Oh, sorry. Is this, is this not? I feel like. Okay, you're good. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, whatever. No, you're good. Pimp, pimp your stuff. I'm gonna give you. A, I'm gonna give you a chance in like two seconds to pimp your stuff. So, yeah, yeah. no, it's fine. Todd, if people wanted to hear more from you, see more of you, watch you stream, do any of these things that you mentioned on the show, where would they go? Um, okay. Uh, if you want to get the shirt that I'm wearing right now, it says "Roll Todd" or any other cool magic-related uh, attire, check out colasapparel.shop. Uh, is a business uh, that is uh, run by Cedric Phillips, along with uh, his his uh, friend and partner, whose name escapes me at the moment. Uh, you can use code ROLLTOD, one, one word, uh, to get 10% off your next order. Uh, highly recommend the Roll Todd shirt. It is lit. I own one. Say. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. Check out my stream. I stream almost every single day at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Twitch.tv slash strong underscore sad. You can also check out my uh, articles about Magic the Gathering on StarCityGames.com, same as Ross Miriam. And, uh, and yeah, I'll give you all the strategy content you need and want for Warzone. <laughs> for Matt, Warzone, for Magic the Warzoning. That's it. That's all I got. All right, Ross, where can people find more of your lovely face? First things first is my Twitter. I'm at Ross Hunneds, H-U-N-N-E-D-S. Best place to find out about all of my content and ask questions. I do try to get back to people there. Second are my articles on StarCityGames.com, which Todd mentioned. Mine go live Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern. This week's article is going to be about Kethis Combo and Pioneer now that Oath of Nyssa is unbanned. So if you're a Kethis fan, you're going to want to check that one out. Then there is my video content for Star City Games, which is... Uh, the 
versus live show that I co-host with Corey Baumeister. We do the show twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern. We cover, you know, anything that we think is relevant and or fun. We have a great time doing it live. We answer questions from the chat. So check us out live if you can. If you cannot, those shows do go up on the Star City Games YouTube channel a couple days later. And then finally, there is my stream. I am on twitch.tv slash Ross underscore Miriam. I do not have a set schedule yet, but I do try to get one stream in during the week. And then Friday, Saturday, uh, last few weeks, I've been streaming prep work. And then the Saturday event, the Star City Games or SCG Tour Online Championship Qualifiers. So uh, I've been doing those back to back. Hopefully this week goes better. I'm not going to listen to Corey about what deck to play for the first time. Just play ban, dude. So just play play ban or team of reclamation, dude. It's just there's no don't, sure, sure, sure. Stop, stop trying to be yeah. try, stop trying to be a fucking smart guy. Okay, if format's dead and solved. Just play the best deck. <laughs> sure. Well, we know how Todd feels, but uh, so I will be streaming Friday <laughs> and Saturday this week. You can follow me on Twitter to figure out what times. You can't ever admit that I'm just right, dude. Just say you're right, Todd. I'll, I'll definitely uh, do that. Uh, yeah, those are the two best decks. I agree. I'm also a big proponent of just just play the the best damn deck, Ross. You're 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 way too smart to be playing okay, bad ones. I have one more thing, uh, similar to to Ross plugging the SCG tour online. I do want to uh, stress that Star City Games is running tournaments every single day to qualify for our weekly events. The giveaway ten thousand dollars. Like, every Saturday, we run these events. And we have qualifiers that are every day. They're four-rounders. If you 4-0, you qualify. Otherwise, you just get some points for joining or doing okay at 3-1. and one. And if you accumulate enough points, you can qualify, right? I do commentary on those alongside Ryan Overturf most weekends. And uh, this coming weekend is going to be not only our last uh, championship qualifier, but on Sunday, we're also going to have the seasonal championship. I'm doing commentary for that. It's going to be a blast. Make sure to tune in to twitch.tv slash starcitygames Saturday and Sunday. It's 10 a.m. Eastern on Saturday. What's the start time for Sunday? Uh, no idea. Also, what's the format? F- find it out on starcygames.com. I don't have that information. Leave me alone. Standard. And the format's standard. There you go. Great. Uh, Yay. As for myself, uh, you could find me on Twitter at the Tannen Grace. I tweet about a lot of stuff and things on there. And then I do stream uh, lightly on uh, Twitch. It's just Tannen Grace on there. Um, Lots of limited lately because I'm not the biggest fan of standard and I do a lot of arena, so you can find it on there. As for the show how'd itself, you like the, how'd you like the arena cube? I loved it. I thought it was I really great. loved it. I was addicted. Um, I I thought it was one of the more balanced cubes I've ever played in, where nothing felt absurdly powerful. Besides, I think the cube would be perfect or close to perfect if they just took the planeswalkers out. I did not enjoy the planeswalkers in that. They were a little too good versus everything else, but. Just overall. I mean, obviously there was other, you know, certain like patient rebuilding was an absurd bomb randomly, you know, whatever. But anyway, um, the, the actual cast itself does have a Twitter. It's at Cast Pioneer, where if you want to get any of the latest information on Pioneer or anything else going on in Magic, including our cast, you know, stuff about me, Ross, or even Strongsad himself, uh, make sure you give us a follow on there. All the stuff gets announced on there. You can find out when the newest episodes go live or something like this happens where randomly we're like, hey, we're inspired to do a live episode this week. Uh, video with with Todd. So everybody at home that's listening right now on the uh, audio version probably should have said that at the beginning of the show. Sorry about that, but this was a video episode. So hopefully we've done a good enough job for everybody at home to still enjoy it. 
tell you um, what, I haven't watched a single second of video from you guys, and I think it was a great po- podcast. So. Well, obviously, you're in it, so it's obviously great. So, yeah, um, nuts. Yeah. On that Twitter, you can find a link to the Discord. It's going to be on one of the pinned tweets. Um, our Discord is popping, like I always say every week. I'm a, a huge fan of it. I'm in there every day making comments, talking about stuff. Uh, I'm usually in, you can almost always find me in one of my two favorite sections of the pets and food section. I'm trying to stay out of the sports section right now because I'm really, really bummed and, and disappointed that, uh, yeah, I know there's a baseball season, but there's really not, and there's no way it finishes, and I'm so sad. I miss baseball. I miss sports. Uh, but anyway. I'm going to uh, ruin your life real quick. Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Um, uh, Tana Grace is offering to play Warzone with you. If you subscribe to the Pioneer Cast Patreon, mm-hmm. he'll play at least one game with you every week. Yep. No problem. I will definitely do that. We can we can do it along uh, Todd's channel until it. I'll even I'll even go one further. Hell yeah, let's go. I'll even do one further. Whenever we're playing on Todd's channel and it's streaming, if we're either playing with you or if you can't play with us at that time, if you are a patron of the show or you give Todd some gifted subs, I will let you choose my loadout for a game. You can choose what weapons that I'm going to play with. I will I literally need to do some more some more stuff yeah. like that for sure. Uh, yeah. Some so. Stipped war zones. Say it again. Warzone stips, some Warzone stips. Yeah, yeah. I'll run around yeah. with a pistol and an RPG. Let's go. I'll I'll kill as many people <laughs> as I possibly can. All right, we'll we'll, we'll make it work. Right. Um, and uh, you may have heard us mention in the the Discord. There's a couple channels in there that you can only get if you're a Patreon. Uh, you, you can find our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/PioneerCast. Our patrons get exclusive access to multiple channels in here. You get exclusive access to Ross or mine's deck list and sideboarding guides between before any tournament that we play in. Not so many for me lately, but a lot from Ross the last couple of weeks. It's been pretty nice yeah. seeing that kind of stuff lately. Ross is um, hard carry. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I do help out in some of the other sections. Like people ask me questions, the legacy place, and I help out quite a bit in there if I can. Um, we have our own areas of expertise. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we do have bonus episodes about once every, we're doing them about once every like five-ish, six-ish weeks right now. That's the plan. We've had one so far where uh, the patrons get to actually just tell us what the episode is going to be about. They get to ask a bunch of questions. They lead us into conversations. And it's your show. You know, it gets to be as good or bad at it as, as you want. So you get to kind of do whatever you want with it. So uh, we have three different tiers. We have two, five, and $10 tiers. We appreciate everyone that supports in any way. We also just appreciate you for listening. If you can't if you can't support us monetarily, we understand. Just make sure that you're listening every week and giving us those clicks, those likes, all that stuff that we need. We really do just appreciate everything. And God, we love you all. And we hope to do this again for you as long as we possibly can. And uh, we'll see you all next week. <laughs>